This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Off the Rack. I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. Oh, welcome to this show. This is a show where we talk about comics in the past week, recap them, review them, let you know what we thought about them, and then give you recommendations for books that are coming out this week we think you should pick up. Of course, uh, that has been the case for the past... 300 plus episodes of this show, unfortunately, because of the times we're living in over the last three months, that has not been the nature of the show. Uh, everything's different, and it continues to be different on a weekly basis. So today, rather than do that, we're going to just take a whole episode and square the circle that is DC Dumping Diamond. Hey, yes. thank you for the alliteration, by the way, for DC making the, uh, the leading the charge. Yeah. So that we can actually, you know, have fun with the with the headlines. DC dumps diamond. Diamond dumped by DC. That's pretty much it. Those, that's it, yeah. But, you know, still <laughs> clickable nonetheless. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, welcome to the show. I'm Sal. And I'm Tiffany. Did we do that already? I think we did. It's been a while. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, what is happening specifically. And then we're going to get a couple of, like, thoughts and then we're going to do some predictions about what this means for the future. Mm -hmm. uh, before we do that, I want to mention that this show is sponsored by viewers like you. If you're watching the show live, you can use Super Chats, ask a question, make a comment, contribute to the show in some way. We'll read it here on the show, like these fine people right now. Uh, Joshy Lee, have a good show and a great day. You too, Joshy. Thank, Thank you very you. much for your contribution. We do appreciate it, man. And of course, uh, Brian Rollins, happy to see Off the Rack back. Looking forward to more of new comics and your thoughts on them. You all do great. Thank, Thank you, you, Brian. Uh, and he did some of that alliteration as well. Off the rack, back. Back to off the rack. That's not alliteration. No, it's rhyming, but still, it's close. It's in the same family. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, so DC dumps Diamond. What does that mean? What, 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 what are we even talking about here? Uh, Diamond Distribution uh, was the sole distributor for comic books in the... Nor in North America, and actually overseas as well, but uh, I, I'm not going to talk about Europe and the Asian markets because, uh, frankly, I don't know anything about them. So I'm just going to talk specifically about the North American market, mm -hmm. specifically even more than that, the American market for comic distribution. Uh, so uh, for the past 25 years or so, Diamond has been the sole distributor for uh, monthly comic books, uh, among other things. They mm -hmm. also were the distributor for DC Direct, mm -hmm. uh, statues, and other items like that. Uh, and so they distributed the books. What that means is uh, Marvel and DC, they sent their books to Diamond, and then stores ordered the books that they needed for their stores, this is to say local comic book stores or LCSs, yep. um, through Diamond, and uh, Diamond would... Through that interaction, of course, because they were sending they were sending every book, Dark Horse, Image, Valiant, Marvel, DC. Uh, the, depending on the amount of books you ordered, you got a discount. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, because of the nature of the monopoly, uh, Diamond was able to kind of dictate the price uh, and do kind of whatever they wanted. Uh, for the most part. You know, Diamond did what they wanted, but it wasn't necessary. It was, it was a complicated relationship, to say the least. Right. Uh, it still is, because Diamond is not out of the picture, though uh, the current uh, pandemic situation caused Diamond to close. 
uh, caused comics to stop. Yeah. Certain other publishers stopped producing altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everything kind of went on hold for at least two months. Yes. Uh, and that also called into question whether Diamond was even going to be insolvent afterwards. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Diamond had to defer payments. Diamond uh, had to reduce staff. Uh, everyone was furloughed. Uh, you know, there was a lot of complications. And because Diamond was really only in the market for distributing books and they couldn't distribute anything and didn't get any money coming in, mm-hmm. uh, they, were, they were in some hot water, financially speaking. Uh, and then DC made this move. Yes. Which, uh, which may, which by the way, accounts for something around 30% mm-hmm. of the market. Um, we talked about that. Yeah. Just the fact that, you know, that happened mm-hmm. and whether that was good or bad. Right. Um, what do you, what do you, what do you think about, uh, about that specifically? About like, was Diamond a good thing or a bad thing in that time? In the time of like being the only... Yeah, the only distributor. I mean... Do I agree with monopolies? No. Was that a monopoly kind of by accident? Yeah. Um, and uh, kind of design accident. Yeah, you know what I mean, though. But, but like, yeah. For an industry that isn't tremendous, right? Like it is. It is a tremendous industry, and as much as we all enjoy it, and like you know, great stories come out of it. But like in the scope of when you think of like sales. Like things that people purchase throughout a year. Yeah. It's not a huge part of that market space. No. In fact, the monthly comic book industry, like comic books, monthlies, yeah. About a on a on a yearly basis bring in about like two billion dollars. Right, and that is quite a bit, but I mean like when you think about things that other people are putting money into, I understand that maybe another distributing house was like, What's the point? Right. What's the point? Yeah, yeah. Why well, try to in break an into industry that market? That constantly everyone's telling them is dying right whether or not that is that's a different show that's right that's a different show yes but like when someone's constantly telling you that i could imagine someone's like why would i do this yes and so diamond sat there like check me out right it's just me right now we're in a place where they're like why did they do this like you said um before we get into the mechanics i want to talk about some initial reactions some some knee-jerk uh, initial thoughts from some retailers that I actually respect and know personally in some mm-hmm. way. Um, this is not me showing favoritism. It's more me deliberately picking outlets that I know have been in business for some time mm-hmm. who also uh, are not just quote-unquote hobby shops. Right. Uh, because that's another thing that people have uh, have, dis- have, have rarely discussed, uh, the business of the local comic book store and whether or not like most of the people who run comic shops are like full on business owners or whether they're like hobby shop runners. Right. Um, this is not to disparage the local comic book shop industry in any way, but some run it like a business and others run it like the business was run 40 years ago. Yeah. And you know, so these are some retailers that I know are at least trying to innovate, if not have changed with the times Mm -hmm. and have uh, reflected uh, their, their, their success has been, has reflected their change. Um, just a few. Uh, I don't want to name them all by name, just because I feel like it's inappropriate. But like we were on, on Twitter the other day, I, I did a whole thing where like uh, I, I had an issue with not citing your sources. Right. And so I don't want to be called out by being like, "Hey, you're not citing your sources." Rest assured, a, there is a difference between citing one source and being asked to not disclose 
who's giving the information. Yes. So we've been, so uh, some of these folks are kind enough to share with that. Uh, Phantasm Comics in uh, New Hope, Pennsylvania mm -hmm. shared their thoughts. Um, you want to read this one? Oh, we're reading the whole thing? Maybe not the whole thing, but uh, let, me, let me get you. Are let there me... some excerpts you'd like me to... Uh, yeah, 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 here, here uh, you can, you can share the, the, the kind of like next morning the thoughts. The next morning, like the, not the knee jerk. The, yes. Like I had a moment. To I had, like, I, I was able to have coffee I and think about this. Yeah. All of this. So this is, this is quote. Uh, so we're reading this the next morning and considering what to do all evening and this morning, I will look into getting DC books from UCS, but only for subscribers. I'm taking down my DC sign hanging in the main window of the shop. I will no longer hang DC posters, and the DC comics from previous months are going in the back issues bins, being replaced by Boom, Image, IDW, and Dark Horse, etc. They will take up the prime shelf space DC occupied. And that's exactly what he did, in fact. Uh, he did take down the sign. He made a little Instagram video about it as well. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, basically, because it, the nature of Phantasm Comics is a little different the way that, like, some brick-and-mortar shops like Zap or mm -hmm. East, East Side Mags would, because they you know, primarily deal with like foot traffic and, and the weekly comic subscriptions. Phantasm has the benefit of being in New Hope, which is like a, yes. like kind of like a, like a hobby shop it's, town. Well, it's not even just a hobby shop town. New Hope is a specific, uh, style of town where it's like, it's a day trip town. Yes. It's, it really, um, exists on people visiting a lot of times during the summer yep. months. Get those summer dollars. Um, <laughs> we depend on summer dollars yeah, for our very lives. But like people literally just walking up and down the street. And so they have the, um, fortune of having not only regular customers but having individuals who are just there maybe you know just take a little peek they yeah. have outside shop area there where they put like back issue boxes yes. on nicer days so yep. yeah what uh what did east side mags have to say uh share the last one because this is uh, pose on the question <laughs> of like be, do i curse you can yeah this is a cursing show okay. but uh essentially the question is like what are you gonna do now okay so this is east side mags honestly no fucking clue this is unprecedented, and that's the term I've been using since late March. When was the last time Diamond shut down shipping new comics completely? I know the Heroes World uh, thing has a lot of old heads chattering, but that was then. This is now. Times are different. The landscape is different. But really, at the end of the day, what I tell myself is that I chose this path. I wanted to open a comic shop and be in business for myself. Everyone who owns a comic shop has to make tough calls with regards to employees, ordering, rent, costs, pricing. What grade is this? Where do I find PPE? How many customers can I have in the shop, etc. I'm making it, barely, through a fucking worldwide pandemic with my ass intact, so I feel confident I can get through this one, uh, this one way or the other. I'm just going, it's just going to be hard figuring out which way that is that works for me, my employees, and most importantly, my customers. So uh, we'll be sharing more quotes from different retailers as we go, but I wanted to also mention like kind of like what this is all about. Mm -hmm. uh, the idea was that DC and they had already made these decisions early on. Yeah. Uh, before the announcement, DC had toyed with the idea of uh, moving away from Diamond and uh, basically counting on their distribution being done through two new businesses, mm -hmm. which are essentially the same. Mm -hmm. uh, Lunar Distribution and UCS Comic Distributors. Yep. Uh, those two would handle bi-coastally distribution of DC Comics. Mm -hmm. uh, Lunar for the West Coast, UCS for the East Coast. Right. Uh, the problem that people foresee with the... Well, the okay, so uh, superficially speaking... 
Two new distributors. So, yeah, but, like, I struggle with this because I have read this in a couple of different ways. Yes. And I had read this as originally that, that there was going to be an East Coast and a West Coast. And then later on, it seemed like one of the publishing house, I think, Lunar, is going to be handling different books that aren't floppies. That's right. And UCS is now going to be handling all the floppies, yes. whereas Lunar is going to be handling... Like graphic novels and hardcovers? Yeah, and like the, the Random House books and stuff like yes, that. Yes, Penguin, Penguin Press as well. And so now that's not an East Coast, West Coast thing. Yeah, no. No, it's more of an East Coast, different entire arm of the business yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, the other issue, of course, is that... Uh, well, the issue that... And this is the reason. You, see, you, you think to yourself, people have been complaining about Diamond being a monopoly for 20 years, yeah. if not more. Uh, 25 years, 30 years, in fact. Mm -hmm. And uh, people have been complaining about it forever and wanting a change and wanting yeah. options. And people... Uh, what was it? Uh, Eastside mentioned uh, uh, Hero's World. Yeah. Um, this was another option. Uh, back in the day, before Diamond was the Monopoly, there were actually three different distribution houses. Actually, I think there were multiples. But uh, Heroes World was one of them, and Marvel bought them as mm -hmm. their like sole distribution house to kind of right. like exclusively distribute Marvel Comics. Sounds familiar. Uh, and then ultimately, that distribution house, uh, Heroes World, couldn't handle the workload right. and folded. And uh, so then there were two, and the other one was put out of business during the time when Marvel was exclusively handling like seventy percent of the business. Mm -hmm. You know, taking seventy percent of the business away from those three di distributors. Mm -hmm. and so one fell apart and diamond was the only one that survived right and that was during like a, like a comic boom correct? it was it was at the end of the boom and into the recession into right. like the comic but like the shop. three had existed yes during a, the heyday of like when more comics than could possibly fathom well, it's interesting because like you yes uh more comics were being pre-ordered than ever before yes but we are in an unprecedented time now where more comics are being distributed than ever before right uh but yeah but the pre-order numbers of what they were seeing we're so looking they... at we're talking about pre-orders in the in the millions yeah and so you had three companies who were like we can share the market space yes there was enough to share the wealth so to speak right and marvel wanted to get in on it and they bought heroes world and then it sure. folded. um so you think, oh, this sounds familiar, but the reality is, like, number one, there are no more. DC is t moving into other distribution houses that are exclusive to themselves, mm -hmm. um, but they only operate 30% of the market share, but they only handle, you know, DC books, mm -hmm. and, you know, it, it's, we're talking about a different world. Yeah. Uh, the the pre-order numbers are drastically smaller than they were during Heroes World. Yep. And of course, we're we're talking about breaking up, you know, competition into breaking up a monopoly. Right. Uh, the other thing is, of course, that uh, Lunar and UCS are both owned by competitors uh, of the local comic book store. Uh, mm -hmm. Lunar Distribution is owned by Discount Comic Book Services or DCBS. Mm -hmm. uh, and UCS Comic Distributors is owned by Midtown Comics. Midtown right. Comics is a national comic book chain yeah. that is a direct competitor with pretty much every local comic book store. Yep. So essentially what DC has said, or done, according to many retailers, is that uh, they've shown favoritism and said, like, we're going to basically let one comic shop handle our distribution. And that one comic shop is going to handle it however they see fit, uh, they are not a, uh, a distribution house. They are a comic shop that distributes their own inventory. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, Tom Brevoort had this to say uh, from Marvel Comics back during the Heroes World issue. Mm -hmm. He said, if you were a comic book specialty shop, this is another issue that comes up, 
when you break up the Monopoly of Diamond. Uh, the way your finances worked is that you get a discount based on total sales volume. So if you order a distributor, if you order it at the distributor uh, for $100, that qualified you for X percentage off. If it was $200, you qualify for a higher percentage. But now your total order was the same, but your Marvel slash Heroes World order by itself wouldn't necessarily qualify you for the same discount, and your DC Diamond order wouldn't qualify you for the same discount. So suddenly the same product at the same volume was costing a lot more and eked into profit margin and made it untenable. So mm -hmm. essentially, local comic book stores rely on week-to-week, month-to-month discounts from yeah. the distribution houses, or the one, uh, right. to survive. Right. And now they are in an uncertain market where... And I've heard, and I don't have any concrete evidence except for a word balloon podcast discussion that mm -hmm. was said by one of the owners, uh, that they'd like to try, like to try to be competitive in their pricing. Right. Like, now that being said, if you're a business and you're relying on discounts from your only distributor week to week, month to month, really the issues are, you know, inherent within your business model, not necessarily in the distribution house. Right. And I guess with the discount, if you want to, if we're going to talk about that yeah. for a minute, in theory, in theory, right now that there is a competitor out there, yes, you would think that Diamond would need to go back and reevaluate their discount system yes. to ensure that they were kind of hanging on to their market share. Because I mean, the fact is, that at the end of the day, they're going to have more publishers working with them yeah. but still they're missing batman yes um and i say that specifically not to slight your favorite dc character just because we know batman sells books yeah and so they no longer will have that right um so you'd think that they'd want to go back and be like okay like we need to examine this and honestly if you're the only game in town are you competitively giving discount to your clients. Right. Or are you just like, I mean, you'll take the discount I give you. Yeah. Because where are you going to go? Exactly. But like, is that going to happen? Or is that like an idealized version of this world? It's probably the latter version. Probably. You know what I mean? Like, it, they might just be mad. I think so. And so they'll be like, you have to pick. Yeah. It's it's like, it's, <laughs> it's like you're in a love triangle. Yes. The comic book store is like, but yeah, I, I, uh, I but yes, everyone else but Batman though. Can't I have both? Mm -hmm. And they're both like no. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to share another uh, angry response to okay. this whole thing. Mile High Comics. Charles Rosansky uh, always has something to say. Uh, Mile High Comics, of course, lar world's largest comic book store. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that the chain was closed. I think it's just the one warehouse now. Right. But still, still. Uh, also, could have been one of the distributors. Now that I think about it, you know, Midtown Comics. If they were interested in doing that. If they were that. interested in doing that, which I doubt. <laughs> uh, but they said, honestly, I don't think that anyone knows for sure what's going on here. DC's trying to force the direct market shops to now order their weekly publications from a couple of lame pseudo distributors that they have self-anointed. I mean, clearly everyone's tensions are high. Everyone's upset. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about people. Oh, again, though, he references the Heroes World debacle from 1995. Yeah. Um, I will devil's advocate that by saying... Uh, that was in 1995. Right, right. You know, you're talking about a very different comic book market. Yeah. Um, so that was that was Mile High. You know, clearly they're against it. Uh, you know, they said that they're gonna they said they're gonna be okay. Uh, although they were in nearly four million dollars of debt nine years ago. In outstanding diamond distribution invoices. 
So it's like, really, you know, simply put, uh, he started reducing new comics as a key element to their company product mix and immediately saw things turn around. Uh, we paid off most of our company debt through the sales of our 56th Avenue building three years ago and finally paid Diamond off last week. Last week was when they paid it off. I will never again go into debt for new comics. So basically, uh, he's, R Rosansky is essentially saying he's abandoning the new, not abandoning it, but like taking the stress off of new comic distribution or new comic sales. You know what's funny is this conversation really draws into a lot of other conversations we've had on the channel, like yes. the comic line, like mm -hmm. about the idea of the pull list and how like how antiquated it seemed, but now I think it's going to be one of those things that the retailer is going to have to rely on. That is, I mean, here's the thing, for a lot of your shops, or the very least at like Phantasm, My High, yeah. and other places, if you want a DC book month to month, you're probably going to be getting it through your pull list. Yeah, but it may, I wonder if they'll shift, and again, maybe this is another conversation, right. but like shift the concept of the pull list to like a prepaid. Subscription, yeah. Like you're gonna have to prepay yeah, you at have least 50% of it because it's like, I can't survive now. That's right, yeah, normally, you know, you, 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 are, you're playing a guessing game based on, you know, trends and your pre-orders. Mm -hmm. uh, now you have no idea how it's going to sell. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? You have no idea how a DC book is going to sell. Yeah. And uh, so you have to, and you're only pulling it for a select amount of your market. Right, right. Um, let's see. There was other things I wanted to mention. Uh, we had a discussion with another insider, uh, a, a industry insider, not a comic book retailer, but mm -hmm. rather someone who works within the comic book industry itself, uh, who talked about the, the reality of the situation when it came to why DC made this decision in the first place. Right. And uh, this, this confirms a lot of suspicions, but also, uh, you know, it raises a lot of good points. Okay. Um, this one is, uh, in regards to this, uh, basically what happened was uh, DC walked away from Diamond, but DC had been renegotiating terms with Diamond since before the outbreak. Yeah. Um, that uh, apparently DC wanted to... Uh, have options, and they were renegotiating it. In fact, D uh, I believe Diamond made that comment back when DC announced the uh, the the two distributors how like before the official break between Diamond. Right. Um, however, uh, basically after this, after the outbreak, and after Diamond was uh, failed to make payments and came up with a new uh, a new payment plan for their uh, clients, uh, DC essentially said uh, no. Enough is enough. Yes, and both sides basically made significant demands regarding their negotiations about how they were going to do business together in the mm -hmm. coming year, and the negotiations fell apart, and DC said, well, now we have an option, and we're going to go with it exclusively. Mm -hmm. um, the fact is, and when I say fact, I mean facts that are substantiated by industry insiders and, uh, and, and inside baseball that's discussion rather than in the trades or in the, like, with any specific quotes from any specific members of DC Comics. DC's sales, and this is pretty much, you can, you can quantify this by looking at any numbers, particularly Comicron, but DC's market share has been stagnant for at least two years. Yeah. And... Yeah, they're not, it's not budging. It's not budging. It's not increasing, uh, but it's been stagnating for two years, and they were looking to make a change. Um, and DC has specifically seen bigger gains in the book market rather than the comic book market. Mm. I remember there was like that Gotham high book that everybody was really freaking out about being like maybe the book about, uh, you know, where it's like the Batman 
family, but they're in high school and like they're, you yep. know, it's more like a, like a farcical drama than yes. it is about like Batman. Yep. Uh, the YA novel market, the direct, uh, mm -hmm. you know, original graphic novel market that has been making significant gains that makes DC the most money. Um, and since they've seen bigger gains in that than monthlies, they were interested in seeing the direct market kind of like kind of get out of it because okay. we've reached a saturation point when it comes to that. Right. The fact is in the direct market today in like in, in comic shops, there are too many books on the shelves. Mm -hmm. There are too many books being put out based on numbers that we're getting here. Uh, 10 years ago, we're looking at 70 to 80 titles a week. Nowadays, we're talking hundreds of titles per week from hundreds of publishers because yeah. of course anyone can make a anyone publisher. can make a comic anyone can get into previews magazine which, which anyone can get into diamond great but it does make it hard for the retailer yes who has to prioritize yeah. and when they do prioritize you know what are you going to pick and it's like you have to pick the things that are going to make you the most money mm -hmm. um but what's interesting is how dc was taking a lot of uh pain from that because they were not doing as well as they right. could be um, what's interesting about this whole thing is that, you know, you look at the retail arm and you say to yourself, like, it seems like a bad idea because when it comes to the superficial look at what DC's move has been, DC's like, I'm not going to distribute with Diamond anymore. Mm -hmm. We're only going to distribute through these two companies. These two companies that the comic book buying market could go to mm -hmm. instead of your local comic book store. That is strike number one. Right. Strike number two is in the hearsay. And I say only hearsay because I haven't gotten any real data. Right. And I've only heard from retailers who have said they've heard this. But I have heard that apparently when you sign up as a retailer with these other distribution houses, USC specifically, Midtown specifically, you have to send your customer info. What do you mean customer info? You have to send how many books are being sold to how many people in your store. So Midtown could then theoretically take in all that information and then make their own business decisions based on what every retailer in the country is doing. Like, not only, like, possibly franchising out to some other areas, but... Well, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, like, holy crap, over in Colorado, this store, uh, I admit, uh, Mile High is in Colorado. You know, over in, let's say, Indiana, there's, like, this one comic shop that's really performing. Maybe I'll open up a Midtown over in Indiana. But, like, more than that, you know, we're seeing the business practices of a hundred different businesses... And we're seeing the data from that, and then we can apply that. Like, what's the what's the deepest discount I can offer for monthlies so, or for floppies or for graphic? graphic right, models? but does also does DC have access to that information, knowing the breakdown of those sales, so that they can better? I would assume they do. I would assume they would. Again, this is all assumption because we don't right, know if right, that's right, right. true. No, of course. But just not even getting into DC, Midtown can make business decisions as a comic book retailer. Yeah. Based on their actions as a comic book distributor. Right, and I guess it wouldn't even just be Midtown. And I know, like, for, like, the local comic book store, that's a very important part of that. But, yeah. like, then you think about the other side of it. Like, the people who are, like, you know, sharing their trades. Yeah, like, DCBS, yeah. Yeah, there isn't, like, other companies make trades. Right. Other companies, like, you know, like, IDW publishes trades for... Dark Horse publishes trades, yeah. Yeah, and they publish trades for other individuals yep. to make them look a specific way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's another concern. Uh, and it's a big one, I think. It's a legitimate concern. If you are right. if you are a self-owned business and you are and you are making money and paying rent month to month. Yeah. Or let's say you're doing really well and you're paying month to every other month or every right. six months. You know, you, maybe you don't want to share what your business strategies are with a direct competitor. That's fair. I mean, that's that's definitely fair. Yeah. Um, I think it, there's there's a lot more to this issue. Yes. Because um, it's easy to say, like, I mean, there is part of it that's like, I am glad that Diamond doesn't have a chokehold. Yeah. It's just the cost. Right. And that's the thing, is that, like, we're seeing changes. Are the changes good? Are they bad or are they complicated? And the fact is, they are complicated. Mm-hmm. Um We've been hearing for 25 years, Diamond is a, is a bad thing. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, something new is, uh, has entered the room, and that's also bad. But right. essentially, there is no good solution. Well, I, you know what? It, it's, what doesn't help is you've got a couple of factors here. Um, one, there has been sort of constant upheaval in the past few months at DC Comics. Like, well, true, th- yes. And not even a few months. I mean, like, several months. There's been a lot of upheaval happening. Arguably, for the last two years, DC well, has, has had... Has been has restructuring yes. and refocusing. Well, from like, you know, paying a lot to bring on superstar writers to changing creators midstream yep. seemingly. Oh, changing creative direction. Changing creative directions to creating events that like nobody understands where they're coming from and what they're meant to do mm-hmm. to having two different ideas of where the future of DC is going yep. to firing Yep, your co-publisher. Your co-publisher. Well, and D- 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 that's the funny thing. The, the funny thing for me is how like everyone's like everyone was ready to like parade through the streets about the the, the sacking of Didio. Mm-hmm. Didio was one of the few proponents of the monthly retail book. Yeah. Didio was the only was one of the only real stopping blocks at DC between DC going like continuing to go monthly and DC going in a totally different direction. Right. Right. So without DiDio kind of like cheerleading the monthly book, mm-hmm. DC is free to do whatever the hell they want. Oh. Or like, whatever the hell the people upstairs want. Certainly, certainly. Um, but then not only that, like those issues, which I'm not saying we shouldn't continue the conversation. Sure, yeah. But also like it, it comes at a bizarre time. Well, it's the worst time. If you can if you can give anyone if you want to give DC a hard time about anything, this was the worst time to do it. Probably for everyone else, for them they probably it looked like a clean break to them. Well, that's right. Because it's like, well, they screwed up. Like for them like Diamond shut down and like left everyone in a in a lurch. Yes. And then they screwed over being able to pay back individuals what was owed to them. Yeah. And then I and I, I'm really unfamiliar with what happened recently, but I did see that like Diamond didn't get books out. Yeah, and and so like I'm sure to them they're like this is our time. Absolutely. But to comic book consumers and comic book retailers, it's like I, I just need like a life raft yes, right now. I, I just needed a minute. I, I needed need a to, good week. Yeah, I need to understand how we're going to be doing this going forward, yep. and like I just need to get back to some sort of normal. Yes, but the fact is, uh, you know, when you look at the, the 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 landscape now nobody wanted a solution where you had to work with a competitor right. but nobody also wanted a solution where the industry had been on pause for two months mm-hmm. this is the time yeah when if you're gonna make a big change you have to do it now i guess because of how yeah. desperate the time was right you can say because you can make up any narrative you want oh, sure. but more important because everything's already on fire it's like 
the house is on fire, and I've always wanted to get rid of that ugly chair. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, and I, and again, from their perspective, I get it, but I also get it from the other side where it's like both sides that, have a legitimate argument it, to make. It feels like DC is no longer communicating with their retailers, which they straight up aren't, according to a bunch of retailers we've gotten. The be, during the pandemic, mm-hmm. I know one shop, a very prominent shop, two locations at least, uh, does very well. Has been around for thirty years. Uh, Two re- two publishers reached out to them during the pandemic to, to, to see what they could do to help them in any way. Yeah. Image Comics and Marvel Comics. Wow. Okay, right. Image I get. Yeah. Marvel surprises me. Marvel's very surprising. But wow. The, the fact is, and this is an industry discussion, is that Marvel is not an industry leader. Marvel reacts to everyone else's decisions and then, because they have the luxury... Mm-hmm. of resting on their laurels of being Marvel. They're like, go ahead and innovate. Go do whatever. And then if and then when you when everyone has gotten bloodied and beaten from the experience of innovation and change, yeah. we'll just waltz through with a polished, clean-cut version of what you were doing. Yeah, it feels like Marvel's used to just evolving, like letting time like eke out the change that will make them stronger. The fact <laughs> is, DC is normally the first major publisher to as, as our industry insider said, go through the wall. Sure. That DC always breaks their nose to, to break the wall and right. go through it. And the, everyone else goes through they it. They're the Kool-Aid man. They're the Kool-Aid the man of the comic book industry. <laughs> They're the guys who, who despite everyone's warnings and everyone's complaints, including my own, did new 52. Yeah. And the new 52 did cause significant increases in influx into comic book stores. Yep. They made those decisions. They made decisions like that. Yeah. They are the first ones through the wall, and Marvel is always the one who goes, did it work? How'd that go? How'd it go? Let's, let's sit on it for a year and a half. Let's see how, that, let's see how it turns out. DC did DCU, mm-hmm. and then Marvel did all new Aldo for Marvel. You know, like, DC makes those decisions, and this may be one of them. Right. Now, it is one of them. The question is whether it will be a good one. Yes. And... The, and the, like good for who? And that's the thing. And that's, the, there's just so many, there's so many players, or there's three main players. Yes. It's DC, right. it's the retailer, and it's the consumer. Yes. And like... But then there's also the other one. The other one that we don't talk about. Mm-hmm. The parent company. Yeah. How the parent company looks at what DC is doing and says, are you even making any money anymore? Right. Now I've heard a lot of bullshit yeah. about AT&T Warner's dumping DC because they don't make enough money. The fact is that's not even a, a consideration. Right. It's an IP farm. They do they they, they do worry about their profits and losses when it comes to DC. Sure. They want they're not just going to keep them alive because the guy who runs Warner Brothers or AT&T is a big Batman fan <laughs> well, or a Legion ho- of Superheroes hopefully fan. Hopefully he is. Well, yeah, they're not. But Damn. like the fact is, you know, you, you they're not doing it just for the fun of it. Right. You know, they're doing it because it's a business that's supposed to bring in money every year. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that's another consideration. But right. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to stamp on no, your point. No, you're fine. But yeah. But those, those, are the three, those are the three major ones to consider. is the customer, yeah. the retailer, and the publisher. And like, honestly, the publisher, I, mean, I think that just feeds into the parent company. It's like, you know, and like, like a sub bullet to that is the parent company. Because yeah. like, at the end of the day, I mean, like the parent company, of course, if DC thrives, will get a little extra it, they're thriving probably isn't the same as the parent companies used to seeing from their other properties. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I'm afraid mm-hmm. that at the end of the day that 
DC will be able to survive this. Oh, they will. And that like where it will like hurt and the cost that we'll see, like the like not like just price costs, but like the overall like you know, <laughs> like you know, if you're gonna make gold, there has to be some sort of cost to it. Absolutely. Um, is gonna fall on the retailer. Yes. Because and I and I feel like it will fall hardest on the retailer because the retailer will have to make choices. Yes. Oh yeah, and this. and some of them have already made their choices. Right, and like and the consumer will make their choices as well, but yeah. their choice is to either a not buy this book or b buy this book. Yeah, the, the, the customer has very few choices. Yeah, the customer will have few choices to buy or not. Right, and the retailer will have to decide like how they can best try to balance the taking care of themselves, yep. taking care of their employees, and taking care of the customer who they need to take care of the other two things. Right. Um, yeah. And it's, a, it's a tough balancing act. Uh, it is a golden opportunity yeah. for small press publishers to make a big push. Oh, sure. Yeah, to get into stores again. Um, because that's the thing is that we're talking about hundreds of options in Preview Magazine. To, to jockey for position. And retailers have to prioritize mm -hmm. the shelf space and the attention that they're giving to their customers. Oh, sure. And the fact is, if DC is willing to throw their hat over the wall and try this thing at the detriment or the cost of the 80% of retailers that are going to react to this, that, yeah. are that aren't necessarily the top 20% earners, yeah. then, hey, listen, boom, IDW, Dark Horse, yeah. Image, Valiant, this is the time to make a big push to be reaching out to those retailer oh, sure. outlets and being like, hey, I hear you got some shelf space. Well, we have this big thing pushing it, like coming out. Boom, with those two major books, Once in Future and Something's Killing the Children. Yeah. Eiser nominations for both of those books. Right, but I say there's a difference between um, the comic consumer who wants to read something like that or is interested in something like that and someone who just wants to know what's happening in Batman's world. Right, but if only, but if Batman's world is significantly like lessened, yeah then maybe they're going to be willing to give a shot. The other thing is, you know, I remember when comic book shelves had everything on the shelf. Yeah. And you could just look at it all. And now the retailer does have to pick and choose. They and do. So there is, there is stuff. I know there's stuff out there that I didn't see. And so therefore didn't buy. Oh, yeah, sure. And, it's, and, it, and so, you know, this is a great opportunity for small press publishers to... To innovate and to push and to make friends. No, absolutely. At the at the cost of DC innovating. Yes, and so like I, I don't. Right now, I feel like I'm we're, I'm at least definitely favoring the like I feel really bad for retailers. I yes, it, I I don't envy I anyone don't. in don't. this particular situation. I do want to talk about the whole like, you know, like celebrate celebrating DC for its innovation to some degree. Okay, yeah, or let's like, do that. And not saying that, yay, this is the best decision ever, no. and like, yay, this is going to work out. It great. easily, I'm, it clearly isn't the best I'm decision certainly ever. certainly Because no one's that. happy. Right. No one's happy with right. it. Right, but there is something to be said for those who do innovate, regardless of where it, like... Where it ends up, yeah, or like every what the intentions are. Every cliche ever tells you that this is, like, what you're supposed to do. Like, you know, shoot for the stars. Yeah. Because if you, you know what I mean? Yeah. When you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's right. Or, like, whatever. Literally, that's what they're doing right now. Yep. Like they're trying. Well, something and only and in something different. where they're just they're just throwing away. Yeah. What they did for the direct market. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Like, it, it's crazy what they're doing, and yep. and a a you know, it clearly feels like for the first time DC 
has a direction. Yeah. It's just coming out of left field. And I guess yes. it isn't because I guess if we re-examine like the past year at DC, maybe it isn't. The fact... Hold on to that. I'm going to hang on to that. Hang, hang on, on to don't that. lose but, I, that. But, but also like, again, like not the best time. Mm-mm. For a lot of other individuals, uh, yeah, it's just a chaotic. Objectively time. speaking, it doesn't seem like the best time. It doesn't to do seem this. like the best time to do it. But that said, like when? the the idea of taking a little power away from this one entity, com- this one entity that like had complete control over how you got your like how comic book stores got their books and how comic book retailers could sell the or not yeah. comic book retailers how comic book producers could sell their books. Yes. There's something positive there, right? If it works out, well, if it, if yes, and I mean because you're you're the fact is we've seen the worst case scenario thanks right. to this pandemic, right? That like what happens when you have one entity, right? And not I, like we don't want to insult the Geppi family or no. anything like that. I'm simply saying like no, 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 just no, just no. when it, by the nature of the business, yep, it's not a good idea to the the put all your eggs in one basket that's what it is 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 an, is an analogy specifically because of its fallacy yeah you should not be doing it mm-hmm. and and to argue for it is, is is i think uh you know misunderstanding the point yeah and i mean but yeah i think it's just also in a way like the approach to this and again like it's dc looking uh, dc clearly has a plan and we'll talk about that. They sure do. They clearly have some kind of plan. They, they, yes, they do. But, like, the the idea of, like, just removing their books entirely from Diamond so that these distributors who are owned by competition to yes. the comic book retailer maybe not have been the best way to do it. If, like, mm-hmm. But I understand, because can you imagine being a distributing house? It's like, I'm going to offer comic book distribution also. Right. In the face of Diamond. Yep. And what leg do I have to stand on here other than offering possibly better discounts? Yeah. Like that would be pretty much the only way you could do this, but you would be the new guy. Yes. And who, you'd be on, you, and you'd there'd be, be blood in the water. So and you'd be trying to get DC, Marvel, Image, IDW to come to you as well. And they well. wouldn't. The fact is they wouldn't. Right. And so like the, I guess the only way you could see this happen is to have something like this happen. Is that DC of, makes the move. One of the big two goes, I'm not, I'm not, nope. Going to go over here. Yep. Going to go over here now. Yeah. Again, like, it's probably a good thing that there won't be one distributor, right? Even though it Maybe. is it is a virtual monopoly because now there's only one distributor for DC. There's only one distributor for everybody else, right? Yeah, you it's, know, it's yeah, unless you know other people start moving around, right? Which they straight up won't, right? Unless they do. Marvel will watch and watch wait. Watch and wait. We'll see how Because it goes. the thing is, like, uh, Marvel is in a different. It, it, Marvel is a very different strategy, right? Uh, than DC does clearly. And I don't know a whole lot about um, the shipping and the arrival times for items that well, go to retailers. Let's talk about some th- that because there are a few. Th- these are the problems, the okay. real problems that are associated with uh, moving away from Diamond and having your own okay. option. Uh, number one, no freight shipping anymore. So essentially you're paying for higher shipping costs. Right. All retailers are. Right. Uh, now, discounts are not as good from these new companies as they were with Diamond. Because they have they seen them already? We from what we've heard, the discounts are the discounts can't possibly be as good as they were with Diamond because you're not ordering as much inventory. So they're the only way they could do it is if they were doing it at a loss and they're not gonna take a loss. Right. Okay. Um so basically 
if the discounts are not as good as they were with Diamond, retailers are, lo are losing money and they're not making as much. And so they can't negate the shipping costs, particularly with the international shipping, which again, I didn't want to get into because I don't know how that works. Right. But like you, you are losing money right. overall with this plan because if you're you are, a retailer. If you are a retailer. Yeah. The other problem is there's virtually no customer service department with these new distributors. Well, yet. I mean, they just started. Right. But if you have any problem, if you have damaged books, if they're late, there's no one to talk to. Right. There's no friend you made. Right. There's no contact there. Now that, that is a big problem. Now, that said, if you have made enemies over there. Oh, yeah. With the well, other ones. But if you've made enemies, then they just don't work with you anymore. Then you're not a business anymore. Well, that's true. Uh, the other question is what's going to happen with inventory? Because all the item codes, and this is another info thing, uh, all item codes are done through Diamond, and Diamond runs their own POS system. Every comic book store has the same POS system? Yes, so to speak. There is there is a large percentage of comic book retailers that do their own thing, but like, for the most part... Comic book retailers run their own, like D Diamond runs their POS system. That sounds like there needs, there's going to be a, like, it would be a, we would be a third party or fourth party at this point. I'm not even sure. Yeah, third, I guess. Um, yeah. To come in and create a POS system that works with both. Right. Well, the fact <laughs> is there is one. It's called, it, it, it's called Excel. You're going to have to track your DC shipments oh, separately. that sucks. The, I see them do it already. The fact yeah, is you're like, going to have to track your DC shipments separately. If you're a small shop. Yeah. It's like, it's a it's a nightmare. That's going to eke into your time. Yes, and like time is one of those things you can't put a price on. That's well, that's very true. <laughs> but also, uh, yeah, you're spending more time and effort and energy inputting, typing, calculating. Yep. Maybe you have someone who works with you. Maybe you're a sole proprietor, like so many people I know. Yeah. That run comic book stores. But the fact is that in and of itself is another big problem. Right. Um, Marvel and DC, those two companies are your rent money. Yeah. So you have a business without long-term financial security, and that's another problem, which is causing resentment and anger from everybody. Right. Uh, the retailers who aren't carrying DC, you know, it it jeopardizes specific businesses, and while businesses were in trouble, this doesn't help anybody. Yeah. Like, objectively speaking. Um, so, like, if they're not carrying DC, and like, someone, let's say, yeah, they don't carry right. DC. Right. Someone has a pull list with them that's primarily DC. Then you're gonna use. You're gonna have to. You're. You're going to have to have a frank and earnest discussion with your with your customer about the future of their pull list with you. Are you going to be a subscription service now? Mm -hmm. Are you going to treat DC as a subscription for niche audiences? Where it's right. like, if you want Batman, you're on the, the subscription. Because the other thing is, it's another issue that I think is something that nobody talks about, which is that a lot of people don't understand how the industry works. And That's fair. And, and so there is knee-jerk reaction... From everybody, from mm -hmm. consumers, from retailers, uh, retailers are the ones who are the one, are the ones who should be articulating, and and the comic book customer audience is the one that primarily doesn't understand that like pre-orders are the lifeblood of your book that yeah. you have to pre-order if you want your book to survive. Oh yeah, and if you don't, your book probably will be canceled. Well, that's and why you'll see a lot of um, individuals who like maybe are a uh, more celebrity writer out mm -hmm. there who may be writing an uh, image book, let's say, mm -hmm. constantly out there talking about pre-orders, like right. social media posts about like, hey, pre-orders for this are closing soon. You've got to get yours in. Yeah. I saw Snyder doing it. I that said, was why I was, he does. Well, that's why I was indicating. Oh, that's that. fine. <laughs> Scott's, you know, he's, he, he's tweeting it. Yeah. But he, you know, he does that every time every he time. has a major book. He's like, but, hey, pre-orders are and when it's closing. Scott Snyder. Yes. Like he should not have to be, like hustling at this point, but he is. 
but he still is. And so, like, I think that just emphasizes how much pre-orders mean. Yeah. And maybe that is part of why, um, maybe that's part of the subtle brilliance yes. behind this move. Because I guess if you're, if most of the retailers who are buying your books, if you're DC, yeah. now go to a script subscription-based service only, mm-hmm. your numbers are se- theoretically going to go down, except you won't have as many unsold books in stores. Right. And I guess they won't have to deal with, like, buyback. Yeah. If... If they that do does that. factor in. I don't know. Sometimes. But you're getting like actual metrics then. Yeah. Yeah, you're getting you're getting more honest numbers. The other thing is DC didn't pull their collectibles market from Diamond. DC Direct statues are sold through Diamond. Oh, those are going to come in the most mishandled boxes ever. If you're one of those people who wants to leave it in the box, yeah, I would hold off for a little bit. <laughs> I'm so kidding. I'm that's kidding. That's why I think there, there are some theories out there that like DC made this move because it's part of their part of their, their their strategy, but that we'll probably see DC and Diamond work out a new deal within the next three months. Do you think, oh, you think that like DC's just doing this right now? It's a power move. It's a power move to be like, we don't need you. We will disrupt the entire comic book industry because we need to get a handle on our profits and losses. And you have been calling the shots for too long. Interesting. That I mean, we know that Diamond and DC were in negotiations for a new deal. We know those negotiations broke down. So now we know that DC is moving in this direction. We already set up these two options and we're willing to take the heat from our client base, you know, because the damage is done. You know, the shops have taken their DC posters off the walls. But the fact is there is still 30% of the market that buys DC and they will continue to. Right. So, you know, uh, you know what we haven't done? Read any super chat. I know, and I think I know why you just noticed that. Because someone, I did too. because because of, because we have a couple of retailers in here who have something to share. Yes. So before we get to that, let's go through these super chats. Oh my gosh. Uh, which pretty, of which qu- there are a few. Pretty quickly. Um, so here we go. Um, oh, hopefully we didn't mo- miss anybody. But Cubenix, uh, Cuban sis, Cuban sis says uh, thanks for breaking it down, fam. My knee jerk though. Cube NCIS. Cube NCIS. I was gonna say Cube NCIS. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, okay. Uh, thanks for breaking it down, fam. My knee-jerk thought was that this will be good, but may be give and take. A lot of people's initial reaction before they knew that you, that these other two distributors that, were retailers right, that were in direct competition with right. your local shop. Or like maybe you didn't think about all the uh, little things that are going on behind the scenes. Well, you don't, because you just hear like Diamond, Diamond like, Gol- like Goliath got shot in the eye. Hey! You know, you're just excited about it. Yeah. But then you hear, like, actually, Goliath used to push the turbine that kept the, the, <laughs> the well working. Yeah. Um, Ryan Craig, sorry off topic, any plans for a comic pop nights? Yes, there are. Uh, that's a show we do where I talk at nighttime. Uh, Rface987, uh, hey, guys, thanks for the hundreds of hours of content. We do produce hundreds of hours of content. Any thoughts on doing Annihilation 52 or Multiversity on back issues? Yes, uh, all three will happen someday, uh, hopefully within the year. Dr. Comic, damn, DC Dump Diamond distribution. I dream that worldwide distribution deepens and diversifies by this deed. <laughs> Demands is developing deliberately here. Wow, it's like the D version of V for, Vim- <laughs> for, yeah, v for Vendetta. Exactly. Nicely done, my friend. Well done, well played. Good alliteration. I do yes. appreciate it. But also, and Cogent Point. 
Tim M helping us out in a big bad Thank way. You. Thank you very much, Tim. Dre Burr, you guys love you guys. Hope all is well. Thank uh, we you. love you too. Thank you very Thank much, you. Dre. Uh, Kenneth Dowling, I watched your Reign of Superman a couple of days ago. That was our Good, Bad, and Ugly episode. Uh -huh. Pretty good. I would pick Steel out of the three of those guys. Shout out to Tiffany. Love the shades, jacket, and Superman shirt. A badass look. Thank you. That was her uh, Superboy uh, Metropolis Kid cosplay. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll see that come back in one day. Oh. Uh, Dini Dude 7, DC is also following trends when you consider Rainatella Myers smile sells literal millions so it makes sense from a business standpoint yeah that's a book yes yeah it's true uh and i think they are we'll get into dc strategy as the show moves forward yes um ollie roger as someone who's old enough to remember trading card shops it's not hard it's hard not to see the coffin nails for the comic shop as a neighborhood fixture uh i've been seeing it forever and i haven't seen any evidence to support it one of the big things i did notice yeah in the wake of two months shutdown yeah not a huge amount of shops closed. No, because, well, and I think what happened there is like, if this had happened at another period in time where like social media didn't exist, it might've been a problem. Yeah. But like comic book shops and were able to reach out to their community mm -hmm. and let them know like, Hey, we're still operating under some like, yeah. like way. And like, we'll do everything we can to help you out if you can support us. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Subscription like, boxes, yeah, blind those, boxes, those mail orders. Those who took that initiative, I, I think that they did find that their that their community was willing to, to support them. Yes. And I think hopefully, hopefully they found out that innovation is, you it's, know, the future. Yeah. And that, hey, you know what? Like, yeah, we'll be open. And yeah, we'll be open, but you know what? Maybe we should keep selling right, blind boxes. Right, but I mean, like, here's the thing. That, that doesn't mean that they, like, that was, like, thriving and, like, oh, they're going to change. Like, right. they were able to get through it. They were able to pay rent, maybe. Hopefully. <laughs> right. But, uh, and, like, know. they also found out that, like, well, hang on. Like, keep going well, with the super chats. So yeah. I've got, like, a, uh, this is weird. <laughs> all right. Did we ever get to your thing that I point that I said put a pin in? I don't remember what it was. Uh, keep going. I'll, Katie I'll, Daly I'll says, to... I definitely found this to be shocking, and it is kind of crazy. Yeah, you and every retailer out there, I there isn't a single retailer that I have spoken to, and I spoke to almost, like, ten, uh, that said, this is a good thing, and I'm really excited about it, or I don't know what to think. Like, they're, they're all pretty... Pretty, like, pretty shocked. Mm -hmm. uh, Dini Dude 7, well, DC did donate $250,000 to local comic book stores, so they did help. Uh, yeah, they did. And uh, that's what's so funny. And I think what I was, what I, what we were going to put a pin in was like what DC's potential plan was. Right, that okay. They, for the first time, seem to have some sort of plan and direction. Yes, and they do. Uh, Paul Baker, DC is, also, is always the first to go through the wall, the source wall, that is. Yeah, they until sure, they blow it the hell up. They sure did that. But they did that too. Brandon Warren, uh, first time catching you guys live. Got to say, this is my favorite comic book channel. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Brandon. Thanks we so do much. appreciate it, man. Uh, Hari, Hari Christian Gappa Kumnar uh, says, uh, Greetings from India. Hope this helps. It does. Thank you very much. And hopefully, I'm sorry, but we, we're names are I'm just sorry. not good for us. We're, I'm just we're a schlub from them. Jersey. I don't know how to talk. Uh, but thank you very much, all the same. Uh, Ali Roger, realistically, do you think this is inevitably heading towards the death of the single issue floppy? It's hard not to see the excuses pile up for parent companies to go, why are we investing here? No, I don't think so. Bottom line with that, I don't think it's the, the death of the floppy. I think it's just the evolution of the floppy. I think that DC is trying just to tap into, but I don't want to get into it too deeply. Uh, I think DC is trying to accelerate the evolution of the market. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I don't think it's the death of the, of the floppy. Uh, Paul Baker, I don't think it will happen, but my worst case scenario is death metal being the end of continuity. DC from now on, only making self-contained OGNs. I could see them doing that. I don't think they're going to, but I think there's no way that was not a discussion. Let's put a pin in that one. Yeah, thank you, Paul. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll get to you. 
uh, again. Well, at least we'll bring you up again. Um, peanut butter dimples. UCS's shipping rates are way too high. We're a medium-sized shop and had four shipments during the, sh the shutdown, ranging from 5 to 21 days late and 51 to 126% of the cost of product. That is too damn high. In a big week, we might sell at cost to pull list subscriptions just to keep customers, but no extra copies for the shelf. Begging DC for another option for Canadian stores. Yeah, I can't even imagine what it's like for international, particularly places like Australia and Canada, where it normally is more crap. expensive. But yeah, those kind of margins are nuts and unsustainable, so I would not blame you if you went to a subscription model for See, DC. See, this is where I wish we, like could talk to someone on the DC side because it's like, does DC have just a separate office right. for international sales? Right. Like, do they just have one little group that's just dealing with that and they're not doing the same stuff? Mm -hmm. Or are there actual, is there just like one group that's like, we do it all. We mainly focus on the state. Yeah, I would assume that's true. I know that I heard from a lot of different uh, international retailers, not just Canada, but other places further, more like UK, who were like, I don't know what the hell this means. Right. Just straight up like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what we're doing. Right. Uh, but thank you for the insight. That was very valuable. Yes. Uh, T.Y. Vauchier says, hi from New Zealand. Hello. Uh, really digging the creator interviews you've been doing lately. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, and, uh, you know, enjoy your beautiful, amazing country. Because uh, I'll never be there. It's 29 hours by plane. plane Not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but I would like to visit Hobbiton someday. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, but yeah, man, thank you. Uh, if you haven't checked them out, by the way, we talked to everybody. Todd McFarlane, Jim Zub. Yeah. Brian Michael Bendis, check him out. But yeah, so, okay. um, but the other thing was, um, what was it? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, but my, my point about how Diamond distributes other things besides comics, mm -hmm. DC is going to continue that relationship. The anger that you're experiencing from retailers and, and customers who are sympathetic to retailers is kind of clouding the reality of having distributors, which is the other problem. Because... Right now, a local comic book store mm -hmm. has multiple distributors. Right. Like, you know, you're talking about a comic shop dealing with one distributor for Diamond. Yes, it's convenient. Yes, they only have one POS system. Right. But you're also talking about Entertainment Earth, Graffiti, uh, and at least 30 different companies who, are set, who, who work with you directly right. that you are ordering from that don't use your POS system. So what are you doing? Like, how are you tracking those sales? How are you setting up those that distribution? Mm -hmm. I know for a fact you're just running an Excel spreadsheet. And if you're running that Excel spreadsheet, is it really that hard to just add another one? Mm. Just DC. That's Because that's really all you're doing. Is yeah. just, you're just adding one more. Right. Or, or I, look, yeah, is I've, it inconvenient? I, I, have, I grant it. I have never tracked sales. That's not I have. I've done. And let me tell you, it is a bitch. But it's also... When you have it and when you know it and if you are mm -hmm. a business that that operates on knowing your data and, yeah. and tracking it on a monthly basis or a weekly basis, you just incorporate it into your, in, into your bottom line. Now, that being said, I am sympathetic to time, time yeah. management, and the fact that I don't have time necessarily to be dealing with, on Tuesdays I got the DC books, on Wednesday I got everybody else's books. Right, because they also Whom... change their day, and they can do that now more easily, because yeah. it's like, I'm not going to Hell, so who cares? What if they got, like, a big windfall, and metal's, like, done early, and everything's done, and, like, you know, what if, what if Doomsday Clock was done early, and they were right. like, hey, you know what, actually, everything's gonna come out a month early. Right, <laughs> and I, I've gotta say also, like, and I think the other thing we were gonna put a pin in was yeah. shipping, just right. in general, and, like, I don't know a whole lot about how shipments come in for the comic book stores. Yes. And 
So in my layman's version of this, it seems like it might be beneficial that like, let's say something happens and your diamond order doesn't come in. Yeah. You might still get the UCS shipment of right. DC books. Right. Or the lunar. Uh-huh. Like you might still get something from them. Yeah. And we had that. That happened. But I don't know if that's more of a pain in the ass for a retailer. I, yeah. I mean, again, shipping cost aside. Right. Because anyone who's ever purchased anything from like an online store knows, hey, you reach this number, you get free shipping, you get a discount on shipping. If you can bundle your items when you're trying to ship them. It's always it's worth always it. better because you get that bulk rate or whatever it yeah. is like it's just shipping's expensive yep costs a lot even though everyone desperately wants to purchase everything online shipping things still costs a lot of money yeah and books are heavy right paper is heavy well and protecting those books is hard yeah. i did read uh dcbs slash lunar ships their books beautifully did you say bs dcbs oh yeah, discount comic book sales. Right, I just, you know, it's just... Yeah, but uh, but Lunar slash DCBS does ship their books beautifully, and I have, I've, re- I've ordered books from discount comic book service, and they have an incredible uh, support system. system. Like, they really have that down. Which is good, because if that could, like, I'm sure that maybe helps to cost cut costs for them, because it's like, if they're Because they've already got it. Well, no, I was going to say, like, if they're shipping books that get there in the quality they're supposed to they don't have to deal with returns yes as often right right theoretically um, speaking but yeah so like i feel like there could be a positive there where it's like if if there's like you know in the winter there's like a snowstorm and like one shipment gets there but the other doesn't yeah. you still have some product because we're talking about the comic book sales industry being supported by the east and west coast and we know this because yeah. the east and west coast were the heaviest hit during the pandemic and they both like both store both both coasts shut down wholesale yeah whereas a lot of other shops in the midwest and you know as you go further uh didn't have to do that or had more loose guidelines and yeah. and, and yet every, diamond and dc like everything shut down as a yeah. result. So we know that like the East Coast, West Coast well, is probably, essentially the biggest supporter of the company. There's probably a higher amount of them. Yeah, right. You know. Well, definitely because the concentration per, people. Per yeah. square mileage. True, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so I get, so that maybe that's good. I, the, the whole shipping cost thing I could see being a huge problem. Yeah. Because let's be honest, how often have you like totally been on board for purchasing something and then you see that shipping cost and it's like, never mind. Right. Yeah, Never yeah. Oh, I'm going to add an extra, like, $100 or more. I'm not getting that this way. Yeah. Uh, and especially if you're a shop who is weighing the pros and cons of supporting Bendis' Legion of Superhero series. Yeah. You know, what, how many was I, what are, how many were I, was I really going to sell anyway? Right, right. You know? But now, the other thing is, the, but, they, but that is, there is that concern yes. about, like, what about DC collectibles and other items for, that DC does still distribute from Diamond? Will they come up with a new solution? Or will they just come up with a with a with a juicier deal between the two companies? My guess is the latter. Well, I mean, I feel like I feel like uh, that's that's an interesting one because, like, partially, like, and well, Diamond Diamond has the opportunity to be like, you know, I'm not. I'm why don't not, you keep your stupid statue? Right. Or Diamond <laughs> could be like, I still want that Batman Superman money. How am I going to get it? I'll get it through their collectibles market. Right. 
Yeah, and I'm just thinking about the sheer number of statues that DC produces versus what Marvel produces. Yeah, well, DC, I think, is only produce Like, DC Direct is their company, whereas Marvel does not have their right, own but that's, company. that's what I'm saying. Like, it could be one of those things where it's like, you know what... Diamond could do like a good faith thing and be like, you know what? Let's not tell them we still need, we still want that money. So like we'll just act like no, we'll still do that because it's all in like fairness to whatever. Yeah. And maybe that will still give shops the availability to more easily have certain um, DC products in their store. However, I'm sure some shops don't find a lot of sales for that kind of thing. Mm. I don't know. We didn't talk about like sales of collectibles. Right. And like how that weighs out. But they do, like, pro- they do supply them. Some of them do. But like I, we've gone into stores where it's like they have some. They have some but not but all. But it's not yeah. a lot. Yeah. Or like they have some older pieces that maybe they've like you know they've held on to yeah like Bowen statues and stuff yeah, yeah. And I would expect that like probably the, the bulk of their collections are sold through direct market where it's like a customer will look through previews see what they want sure and then and then just order directly like they don't buy like 12 statues and have them on the shelves right you just tell me how many you want right well i mean like they're also like with the collectibles in particular as opposed to the floppy with the collectibles you can go pretty much online and find them that's the other thing well and the other thing is that i should say about collectibles is that like any innovative comic book store that is changing or evolving knows to supply themselves with Funko Pops and, sure. and collectibles and action figures yeah. and statues and stuff like that. There is diversity of product in their shops. Yeah, so. and there is something, with the Funkos in particular, the Funkos are at a price point where it's like, if you have anyone who comes in the store, any age, if they see one, they might, oh, like, oh, I didn't know they even made that. If you're not a Funko collector, right. oh, I didn't know they made that, I'd like to have that. Yes. You know what I mean? And Funko's that kind of like product, I feel like, is in that price point where it's just like, that is an almost an impulse item. Oh, definitely. As opposed to like a sideshow collectible. Or, or, <laughs> or, a, or a pursuit item, where it's right. like you're, you're going to every store that sells Funkos because you're desperately looking for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me jump back into the Super Chats really quick, and sure. then we'll talk about DC strategy. Lucha Dandy says, what are your guesses as to how this will pan out? Great question. We'll get into that in just a second. Yep. Uh, because it's going to dovetail from DC strategy to where I think they're going to go. Right. But I think the writing is on the wall. I think they will. I think that this is a hardball strategy to work with Diamond, again, because you can't divorce DC from Diamond wholesale. And I think that Diamond is in too desperate a situation to not play ball. Because I think ultimately... If you just, Diamond practically almost closed due to the pandemic and they had 100% of the market share. Now you just, to, you just took away 30% during the wake of the pandemic. Yeah. Co- comic shops aren't even 100% open right now. Yeah. What are they going to do? Yeah. You know? That's true. They are in a, they are in a higher uh, possibility for negotiation. Mm-hmm. Uh, hate of March, DC seems to be the only publisher looking at the future of the comic book industry, which is good. What worries me is their history of lack of follow-through and their communication. Yeah, the communication is a problem, and that's what's causing a lot of the... like Anger and resentment. Yeah, and the panic, or the anxiety. I anxiety. shouldn't say panic, it's anxiety. Absolutely, yeah. No, you're right, and you're right too. Uh, Super Comic Fanboy 616 says, Hope this kills floppies. Print Ooh. periodicals like those are wasteful, shoddily made, expensive, and an antiquated format. Um, that's one opinion. Don't at him. Yeah, don't at him. He, that's a hot take. I hear what you're saying, and I I am all for cutting the fat, but I also I see a I see a benefit. And the fact is, when you look at the sales numbers for floppies versus digital, mm-hmm. the reality is the floppies market reigns supreme. The digital is not a killer. Right. And the digital is a completely separate market. Right. My question is, is DC going to come after Comixology next? You know who's not sharing their information about that? Comics Frickinology. Right. And Because now, 
HBO Max did not absorb DC Universe. No. It's a separate thing. That is, and that's an interesting take because it's like, if if DC does that, I mean, the, Comixology does have the, the bees behind them. Yes. The Bezos is, is the thing behind Comixology yes. right now. Yes, they do. But it's also a rival competitor. It is. It AT&T is. and Warner Brothers are a competitor of Amazon. Oh, for sure. So wouldn't it behoove them, since they're already taking the hits, to move all their digital books from Comixology yeah. to DC Universe, well, up the subscribers, and maybe, hey, maybe a couple of our bigger books, like Death Metal and Doomsday Clock or something like that, yeah. they, those will be available on HBO Max. That would be, that would be so... See, but how would they... You know what, though? You can't quantitate those kind of sales, though, because it's like that's... No, one, one's a subscription service versus one is actually... Well, then it's all closed and, and it. you don't know what's going on. Yeah, but it's like you may not be making as much from that because now you've got this monthly subscription service that's going to give you several books as opposed to just buying them outright. Right. I, I, I don't know. Like, I think that if that is part of their plan, which I could see it being part of their plan, yeah. I think that would be down the line. Yeah. I think so. I think it's. I don't think so. I think Cle- it's. I think clearly, it's more clearly the not actual solution here is Amazon just to acquire Diamond. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a discussion. There's no discussion except for on Diamond's end. Yeah, Diamond's probably like, "Hey, you want to buy us?" You wanna... Amazon's like, "Why would I buy you? We'll just do what you do." Because Bezos would love that. Because that's all he wants is to own everything and be the number one supplier of that thing. Why do you think they bought Comixology? Yeah. That's a doomsday scenario right there. It is a doomsday is scenario. Is that Amazon right becomes the sole that, distributor that of is, comic books? That is a doomsday scenario right there. That's a disaster. Unless they start that whole drone delivery, you know. That well then, yeah. Then you know then well then you just you've just no, you've that torpedoed is, that all is, the comic books. That store. is like no, that is like literally it. And luckily I don't think that that was literally a joke because I don't think there's any way that Amazon's paying attention to that crap. No, they're, but Comixology is. Well, Comixology is looking at the digital like market. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what they built their bones on. I can imagine them being like, "Yeah, no, let's stick with digital." Yeah, absolutely. Like we apply, like we. Right. We appeal to a certain. No, completely generation. different. End- yeah. yeah. Uh, Super duper head ass. If you could interview one creator who's no longer with us, well, who would it be? And what's one question you'd ask them? Uh, I've asked, I've been asked this a lot. Jack Kirby and Len Wein would be the two people I guess I'd talk to. Oh, really? Those yeah. Good. Um, you know, I don't have a question for them right now, but I would have to think about it. How about you? I don't know. Probably Ditko. Right? I mean, we're going, I mean, we were going back, like, neither of us said, like, Warango or, um... Warango I've met. He's just a, he was just a very lovely man. Right. What about Ponzer? Just because he seemed like a nice guy. Aww. Yeah. He's a colorist, though, but yeah. still. Jake Fitch says, uh, not that I want to give this company more money, but if only there were a company that tie with ties to the comic book industry and a nationwide distribution That's network. That's so funny. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't want to give Amazon Literally any more money. I didn't actually read your, your, your comment until just then, but yeah. It would kill the local comic book store. It would. That and would so be like, the definition. I, I can't support store. that because like that would be, that. those are the nails. Yep, that's it. That's See, this is the writing on the wall that DC is finally ready to start making some changes and that they are willing to make those steps to make change. I don't think it's the sign of the end of the comic book industry or the end of the local comic book store. No. That is. No, it's like if, if Bezos is Sauron, he's like, it's when his eye shifts yeah. onto the... Yeah. No! <laughs> onto the local comic book store. Mongoose the artist. I don't get it. For years now, people have complained about Diamond, and now that DC decides to go against the Monopoly, everyone's angry. Love the show. Thank you, Mongoose. Hey. Well, I get it. 
but I don't get it. Like, it, I get it because, like... I get it in the way it happened. That's the way... It, but the fact it's, is, there was never going to be... There was never going to be a good way. A good way I, to do it. You know, it literally would have had to have been, like a, like, a collaborative effort between local comic book stores, what their concerns were, and then moving forward from there with commitment from the larger comic book companies. Uh, comic book companies to take part in this in order to break up the monopoly. Yes. And that's like a series of events I just don't see ever happening. No. I hope not. There's a timeline where it happened. Right. Like oh, definitely. Stephen Hipschman says, in your opinion, how is the single issue appealing in any way? Um, in the same way that a single episode appeals to people when they come out on a weekly or monthly basis. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's just, you, you instantly get that gratification of it's, a, it's ready as soon as it can be. And now I have it. And it also raises that enthusiasm. If you get a graphic novel or an original story, you know, you get the excitement of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you have that one and then all of it is enjoyed all at once. But. You could also spread some of that joy around. Look at Justin Roiland's pitch for how to distribute Rick and Morty. He wants one episode a month for a year for the next season. That's not an idea. That's just the thing he'd rattle around. It's not necessarily true, so, but like it's a thing that he's pitched where it's like, and the reason is because it, it generates that enthusiasm for Rick and Morty all year as opposed to it only being kind of focused for this one thing. Yeah. And it's like, that's, that's literally the comic book yeah, like strategy. That's the model right there. I, I guess it's like, in theory, it, with in terms of like savoring a single issue, I think that you can see it from both sides of the spectrum. Where it's like, when you take a um, a show and you binge watch it, you consume it all at the same time. You remember everything that just happened because you just saw it all recently, and so like you you know recall plot points and what have you. Exactly. Same thing with a book. There is something to be said about having a single issue because you have time to like really absorb it and yeah. consider it and consider what was said and, and, and then what happens within it, mm -hmm. which often lets you make a more ed like educated decision on whether or not you'll keep reading it. Yes. Um, which is both good and bad. For, yeah. You could lose readers based can, on like dips and dives, right, but it also gives you that opportunity to have like something really strike you. And so then maybe the next issue, it's just like, Oh, I get where they're going with this. Or like, yeah. Oh, that point really hit me this time. Yeah. I I've been, I've been dazzled by both formats and I see a benefit to both of them. Sure. Silvery Cricket, I don't know if this anyone's brought this up, but Everyday Distribution... Sorry, I just lost you there. Uh, but everybody, Everyday Distribution model makes it hard to keep up with what is coming out. Wish they posted on Twitter what comes out every day or gave me a phone alert. And I like that idea of there being like a Marvel or DC or both or, or Dark Horse or Boom or Valiant like subscription mm -hmm. where it's like, get, give me push notifications when a book comes out. Oh my God, they would... Yeah, but yes, I like that idea except it would totally end up being abused. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way once they had that information from you that they wouldn't abuse it in some way, shape, or form. I agree, but that's, that's, why like that's every company. I like a social media version of it a yeah, little better. Yeah, but everybody has Twitter, as we've discovered. Like a Twitter, an Instagram. Yeah, no, a, I agree. A snap. Yeah. Chat. TikTok. You could TikTok. Yeah. Your issues. Uh, Flywheel had an inside joke for the chat, which he shared with everybody. Enjoy, man. Thank you very much. I do appreciate it. Thank you for your great <laughs> comments over... Uh, you know, over the past week. Yes, uh, we you. do appreciate it, man. Stick around with us. Uh, Lucha Dandy, and now I got the vision of Doomsday being in charge of Amazon. Why, Brain? Why? <laughs> yeah, it would be. It would be, it would be, Doom, Doomsday would be here. So let's talk about DC's, what, what DC's plan. Sure. What, what are they, what are they thinking? Now this is, more, I guess this is all. It, it's, it's all suspicions. It's suspicion and, and slash. Rumors. I will. I will tell you when or if any industry insider confirmed or denied any of the things but we're talking. Imagine about. most of it is just the back alley. Like, hey, what do you think about this? I will say at uh, at Comics Pro, it was a shit show because 
that was like with like DC had a big announcement during that show. Didia was sacked like during it mm-hmm. before they had their announcement. Yep. And like people were just like, hey, did you hear Didia got fired? Yeah. They were they escorted him out of the freaking building. Mm-hmm. Like it was a nightmare. So like, yeah, we're gonna treat it like like we're at Comics Pro. Like, shh, quiet, it was a nightmare. <laughs> it's insane. Shh. Uh but uh but yeah. Um let me get rid of let me get rid of my comicsology point, because we made that. Um, although one industry insider does suggest, what if DC were to partner with Webtoons to get content down on a, on a regular basis? They could do that, and that would be interesting. It, the Webtoons... This is an idea we've been pitching forever. No, it is. It absolutely is. Like, But that was when we were saying like they were still going to have floppies, and they make content specifically for like Webtoons. Yes. Specifically for the community that's already over there that consumes information through that. Yes. And like, they're looking for very different content yes so the idea of shifting their main books over there Mm -hmm. i I mean like i i I feel like that's not going to bring on a huge percentage of their group it will possibly bring people over to that but as we found out a lot of people who read traditional media don't like the digital reading experience they don't like the experience but i feel like part of what dc is doing is saying like yeah but we have batman Yeah, but you know you, what? Just get over it. Do you like, want to know what happened to Batman? Yeah, DC is essentially. Like you do. I think you're absolutely right. DC, like the fact is, the data suggests that digital and physical are two different industries. Yeah, and DC is like, but could it not be, please? Yeah, but it's really biting into my bottom line. Right. So, what is DC? What do you think DC's planning on doing? What do you think this is all part of? Because I know that you had a theory, and I want to. Set I it do, against what and I like you know, it's like it's one of many theories. Yes. You know, like this isn't my like I'm. This is not where I'm planting my flag. No, no, this no. was just something I was considering as this was all breaking down, and that my theory is that like DC is shifting into a different type of media company. Yes. And that DC Comics may remain that name, or maybe they'll just go to DC. DC Universe, probably, well, I mean, or like, DC Entertainment. <laughs> I mean, like, DC stands for... D- Detective Comics. comics. It's already anyway, got a comic it, it, It's it, Detective Comic Comics. Yeah. Um, but, like, that they may be shifting away from making physical books inevitably. And I'm not saying in the short term. I'm saying, Well, physical like, monthly books. Yeah. I mean, considering there, some of the shift in leadership... Mm-hmm. At like higher levels. Well, and you, I, I think that you have to, you the th- the reason for Didio's leaving is more obvious than ever. Possibly, yeah. And I and I mean like, and I don't know that for a fact. I didn't talk to him. You won't talk no, to me. No, but but, uh, but yeah, I think that Didio was a champion of of the monthly comic book format, right? And I think he was standing in the way of DC's new strategy. I mean, it could be that. I mean, like. Again, this is a theory, and this was just something that I've been exploring um, in my brain. Sure. But when you think about some of the things that have happened beyond just people shifting roles of responsibilities, people yep. being let go, I, I don't want to say fired. I mean, that's no, no, what yeah. happened, but still. Yeah, um, sacked. Sacked. Um, we watched them like dissolve Vertigo. Yeah. We watched them dissolve a lot of their other little imprints and just fold them underneath one... Like, thing which was something else yeah this generic label and so they really have that yep the main company and i guess the, well there's also the wonder comics the bendis that, yeah the bendis young and young comics. animal still kind of technically exists kind of but eventually that's they'll like, be they'll, that, that'll, that'll be gone, be gone. That'll be unceremoniously that'll be gone, gone. just go under there and yeah. so they're really paring everything down that wonder comics wonder books whatever yeah the wonder is, books for kids yeah that is so ripe for them to just put digital. And like, that's where I'm like wondering if that's not where they're going, considering the fact that DC universe wasn't absolved 
or, or dis- you know, absorbed, absorbed. <laughs> wasn't <laughs> absorbed by HBO Max. Yes. You know, they could have easily just been like, just put DC Universe over there and we'll just make this a comic book reading thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like some of their shows moved over there. Yeah. Doom Patrol is over in HBO Max. Yeah. But like everything else has been like this. They're moving other shows to CW. Yeah. You know what well, I they're, mean? They're like, canceling them. DC Daily, you know, their daily update show canceled. Doesn't exist anymore. So like, I'm wondering if DC Universe isn't going to just become their comicsology. Right. That it's part, it's, it's like an offshoot of HBO Max. Right. And, and like, honestly, like, that's why I asked earlier when you were talking about like the, what information that UCS, is that what it is? Yeah. UCS. Um, the Midtown comic. Yep. Uh, is going to be gathering. Yeah. If it goes to DC as well, knowing how many of their readers just read DC. Right. And if you just read DC, are you cool with going over here? Right. You know what I mean? Like, are you cool with just going digital? And then we don't have as much, like, you know, expenses. Like, their expenses would be dropped. Significantly. By not having to pay for a floppy printing. Model, yeah. Do I agree with that idea? No. But, like, I could see them exploring that. Yeah. I could definitely see them exploring that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now let's talk a little bit about what that is. DC's recent strategy seems to be that they have, the fact is they've seen, we know that their sales were stagnating on a monthly basis. Right. So they're saying it's not working and we can't keep rebooting every five years. Yes. It's just not sustainable. Mm-hmm. They've seen bigger gains in the book market than in the comic book market. Right. So they're seeing that in the direct market, basically we're at a saturation point at this point. There's too many books being put out. Right. There's too much competition. Right. And... Despite the fact that we have brand recognition and some of the most popular superheroes on the planet, they're just not selling like other comp- other competitive monthly books. Mm-hmm. And we're talking, I've, I've made this point before, the fact that like when DC has a top selling book, it's a Batman book. Mm-hmm. When Marvel has a top selling book, you have no idea who it's going to be. Yeah, right. Which is like, which is interesting because that means that like, over in the Marvel side, it really falls into the story the and story. like what's hot right then. Doesn't mean it's always the best story. No, but it like just, sometimes it's the it hot is. Like story. When when and well, and I think it has to do. I think it's actually multifaceted. I think the DC is is really shortchanging their strategy. Sure. Or rather, they're putting too much emphasis, overemphasizing their strategy because yeah. they're. I think that their th- whole thing was we could rely on Batman, and then month to month we couldn't anymore. Because of the Tom King slip and because of the Immortal Hulk super, right. like rise. And I think that that was really more of a misstep in creative management than it was about whether or not the viability of Batman is in question. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but they are seeing that. The fact there's too many books on the shelves, there's not enough shelf space for the books they, that they want to make money off of. Mm-hmm. And so they're moving in another direction. And they're moving to digital first series. And in fact, that, that digital first series they moved to with Comixology... You know, like the uh, the books that they that they were producing with Venditti and stuff like that, the Batman, yeah. Superman, all those yeah. uh, that were Wonder, uh, that were Walmart books, yeah. reprints. Uh, those were them trying to change the market before the market changes on them. Right, and then what's funny about that is that they they started that right, and then Marvel started doing the same thing. Yeah, um, they've got a couple of books that are just just ex- just digital. Just digital. They moved them over. Oh, there. in fact, several of their books. I'm talking like maybe a dozen or more yeah. books that were in danger of being canceled went to digital exclusive. Yeah. And in fact, those were books that were being printed. Yeah. Now my argument, and I've heard many uh, voices 
against that. My argument for it is I've seen that happen where it's like the book's not selling well and it just doesn't, it doesn't pay to produce, to produce it anymore. Mm -hmm. So they just cancel the book. Maybe if you have like pull with the editor, we have time to, to, to adjust the last issue to wrap up for you. But more likely it's just going to either not come out or come out and then end. Mm -hmm. But with this digital option, you now have the opportunity to have your book actually come out and complete as opposed to just getting shortchanged in your story. Mm -hmm. And now the, and, and Hey, if the digital reflects the sales, maybe you'll get more books for more people, but through different means. And maybe if you don't like digital, you'll learn to like it. If you want to read about some of these more niche characters mm -hmm. or some of these characters like force works, you know, right, it's like, right. Hey, it, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. You tried it out. I read the first issue and dropped it, yeah. but I'm sure there are a lot of people who enjoyed it. Hey, you know what? Maybe it should just be a digital book. And of course, because we know that the book market sells, it's going to get collected in trade. I know you like floppies and I know you like putting them in bags and boards and keeping them in a storage unit. But the fact is it's unsustainable storage wise, cost wise, the monthly market is ultimately unsustainable because you need space and finances to support it. No, that, and that, and that is, that's true. Um, it sounds very like doomsday. -y. Yeah, but it, it's not. It, yeah. I, I think that, you know what it is? Every change looks like the end. Sure. I mean, not every, no, no, no. all change looks like, well, you know, it always, the beginning of something is the end of something else. Sure. So it's like, you know, that something's going to have something to give. Something has to die for something else to live. No. It, it's true. I mean, like something has to no. give. Sometimes it could just change. Just change just into, yeah. Something just morphs into something else. When you, when, when a, when a caterpillar goes through chrysalis, it technically dies. And is reborn into a butterfly. You have to die. No. No. <laughs> no. Your physiology changes. I guess. All right. So but like. No, I, I, I love monthly comics. So I, I love them too. Um, I guess what we have to think about too is like how. All right. So we've talked about this before in terms of Marvel. How much Disney is has their hand in the Marvel pot. I mean, Kevin Feige is technically the Marvel creative officer. Right. Like, Whatever the hell that means. How much does Warner Brothers, AT&T have in control or expectations yes. of DC? Well, the rumor is... I didn't even know I was leading you into something with that Well, one. the rumor is that DC is looking at more layoffs. And that could be evocative or like indicating that they're going to be scaling back books yes. or changing... I think it's both. Okay. I think that DC is going to, in the next three months have significant restructuring to the point of they're going to be eliminating positions mm -hmm. and they're going to be eliminating titles mm -hmm. and they're going to be morphing some of those titles into digital exclusive. I think that they didn't count on the desire for monthlies and for like in like short installment books mm -hmm. in the DC universe app because of how many books were offered when it started versus how many books are being offered now. Yeah. And they are trying to morph into a more synergistic, and I hate to use that word, but like synergistic entity that works in tandem with the parent company where DC is an arm of Warner's that produces, it's an IP farm. Yeah. And the fact is like, because we've been around for 85 years, we have 85 years worth of stories and 
the, the more graphic novels are sold than monthlies anyway, and so if we need to produce more IP stories for our for our cartoons and our TV shows and our movies and our spin-off movies and our series, uh, you know, and our web shows, then we'll just produce them in a graphic novel format mm -hmm. and we'll break those graphic novels into, you know, monthly digital available installments. Right. They'll be more like seasons and chapters than they will be issues. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and, and if the retailers don't want us, the fact is we didn't want them anyway, because look at what we're doing. Like, you know what? They'll sell our graphic novels because they do sell really well. Right, right. I mean, I guess this change really could have also just come from, you know, literally the launch of, of DC Universe. Yes, DC like, Universe. But I think DC Universe was part of the strategy. You think it was? I mean, yeah. like, I think that was a, a test. I think that was them dipping their toes in the water. That's They're a like, big toe because DC Universe cost no, millions. No, it is. But like they knew that like, I think DC slash Warner Brothers is very well aware that a lot of their money comes from like the spinoffs that they make from comic stories. Yes. And like by that, I mean like, you know, shows and, and, and like animated films and yep. live action films and live action series. You know what I mean? Like people want to consume that because that in a way is easier to consume at times than reading a book. Yeah. It, it, it straight up is. And you, you know, you talk about anybody with it, like for, that isn't on the East or West coast. How far away is your local comic book store? Certainly. There's so many that are, that are like, I want to patronize a local comic book store. Right. But it's just hard. It's also something that is more like, Let's directly say, accessible. Well, it's directly accessible, but it's also accessible to a wider variety of individuals because yeah. it's like, okay, like, we're all nerds here, people. Right. Okay, we're all you're watching a comic book show. You're watching a comic book yeah. store. I'm wearing a Link hat and I'm, I'm, I'm pimping out our like superhero RPG show. We're all nerds here, yeah. right? But like, we're all different types of nerds. Do you know yes. what I mean? Like, there's comic book reading nerds, and there's people who are just like superheroes, but maybe they haven't read a comic book. Yeah, but there's watch, a ton of those people. They watch Batman. They watch movies and they watch the animated show yep. and they watch Superman and they watch X-Men. You know what yep. I mean? Like that's how they know about these characters yes. and that's how they want to consume that. And they're happy there and they don't want to go any further. Yeah. And there's a lot of them. There's right. possibly more of them than there are of us. Right. Who want to read books. That's straight up true based um, on the numbers. So like, I think there was like, yes, it was a big risk to start DC universe, but they knew that people had that nostalgia bug to get a hold of a lot of those shows. Yeah. And, and to watch things that either they had. And they had a lot of different generational things, I noticed on there. Yeah. Like, there was something that appealed to a lot of different age range in terms of your love of superheroes. Yeah. And you could find it over there. And you could find new things over there. And they had the comic books there. And they eventually started linking them where it's like, you're watching the show, maybe you want to read this book. Yeah. And, like, some people will take advantage of well, that. Well, we've talked about that. Like, yeah. we, we've been pitching that idea forever. The oh, digital sure. integration of multimedia platforms. Yeah, being like, absolutely. You like this. Because that's what YouTube does. It tries to chain you into watching all kinds of shit. Right. The, the DC app should be able to do that too. Right, but I'm wondering, obviously they have a lot of metrics from that and they have metrics on how often anyone has clicked on reading a comic book, how long you've probably read through that comic book. Like, did you just click on it and leave? Did you click oh. on it and stay? Oh, it's, it's insidious. They are offering points that you can trade in for merchandise and you can earn more points reading a comic than watching a show and it like tracks how like how long you're reading the book that and how is, much book you're that, absorbing that is like a pavlovian training system right there they're training you to read they're gamifying. comics they're gamifying reading a digital comic that to me says they're thinking about moving more things to that app absolutely or well i mean the but fact like, is because how do you make money off of that 
Like, you're making the money off the subscription, but, like, a comic book reader, like, yeah. a reader, like, who goes in there, like, I don't, I feel Dumps like I don't... $300 a month? Yeah, I don't read nearly as many titles. A lot of individuals who buy, like, almost every DC title, right? right? Like, I'm very picky and I'm very choosy. Yeah. And, and, like, that's just me. Like, that's just how I consume fair, yeah. my, my comic books. Exactly. But, like, that's not an equal balance there. No. Like, that's what I can't figure out. Unless they're going to reduce the cost of the DC app, Universe app... Possibly, I doubt what it. if what if what they did was they moved all of the show content to HBO Max and then turned the DC Universe app literally into a comicsology where you still yeah. bought your comics, but if they're said like screw you retailers I don't care anymore they can charge a little bit less. Yeah, and they will. Yeah, absolutely. DC Daily, by the way, wasn't even it was canceled and moved apparently to Rooster Teeth, which says to me that yeah they are paring down the DC Universe app and moving it into a like an e-reader because we know that they have their own guided view system not the comicsology tm guided view system but their own tm because it is they know they patented it they patented the guide the guided view system you gotta call it something else yeah you could uh argue that you know dc universe is already reflecting the changes that dc wants to make now again these are all this is all hyperbole and guesses well it's 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 in it's based on the data in front of us we're not saying that we're working for we don't even work directly with dc or dc universe anymore at all no but we're just what i'm saying is we're just exploring ideas here yeah we're not saying this is going to happen Mm -hmm. nor am i saying it's not going to happen right yeah saying like what if it did but we're saying that dc had stagnant sales over the last two years and they are absolutely looking at their profits and losses and their bottom line and they're saying what can we do and they've always been the ones to do it first Mm -hmm. so there's no reason to suspect they won't be doing it again and the fact is they've already taken the heat during a really tumultuous time to make big changes so i think the changes are just beginning for dc and I think the big shakeups we haven't even seen yet. And this was one of the biggest. Yeah. Was was torpedoing diamond distributors and really wedging retailers. Because if sure. you're telling your retailer that like, hey, listen, I need you. If you want us to carry Batman, you have to call Midtown Comics and tell them all your private shop information. Yep. And and give them the opportunity to target specific customer bases in your de- in, in your region. Yeah. And because that they are becoming a distributor, you know, they are going to be shipping and turning over a lot faster, mm. a lot more uh, aggressively. So they can compete with any comic shop. And hey, if your comic book shop is like an hour away, two hours away, maybe you won't go there. Maybe it'll take you a few days. Maybe you wait until the weekend. But if you ordered your book on Monday, it'll be here on Wednesday. Like there is, they're they're taking big shots and I don't applaud them for it because it is at the expense of these other industries, but we're, but, but I think that it's indicative of larger changes and we, and the, and the the bigger changes are yet to come. I and because we know that they didn't make any announcement about the Dio, Mm -hmm. They've learned. They don't have to make big announcements. No, it, it's <laughs> true. I, I'm sorry. I, was, I went in my head for a oh, second please, yeah. thinking about the whole like DC putting their books out on Tuesday versus Wednesday and how like basically now their books get to be talked about before. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm at the end of the usual suspects and I'm like... Yeah. Oh, it's all around me. It's been on the wall the whole time. Uh, Except there's no like, there's no actual concrete and anything. No, it's just all from your memory. Yeah. Tyler Bass says, "I think uh, digital could be where DC could focus its titles that are geared towards younger readers, kids that don't have a car to go to brick and mortar stores. You think it's too small, Tyler? I think they're thinking, yeah, no, no, no. Everybody who doesn't want to use a car, 
Kenneth Dowling, uh, for the past couple of weeks, I've been ordering trades through a small bookshop that uses Amazon and other outlets, that, and I have had no issues. We've been trying to do that. Uh, we have a little shop, actually, through Amazon. You can buy trades from. Uh, but, you know. The bees. Yeah. Actually, every back issues has an Amazon affiliate link that you can click that gets you your book. And I try to find, like, the cheapest one, but, you know. Um, <laughs> you hear that, Jeff? Uh, Max Montgomery says, I love you guys. Keep, uh, please keep safe. Also, please do more Saga or Once in Future on Back Issues. Thank you, Max. Um, we'll do Saga. Uh, Dan Wesley says, appreciate all the hard work from you all. Thank you very much, Dan. Thank we you. do appreciate it. Thank you very much for watching. Um, and I think we're almost done with, the, with every... No? Here we go. Uh, Bernadette Ewerts says... Uh, DC could probably be better limiting their monthly continuing series to the most popular books and producing more limited series to the other characters. Yeah. We've pitched this as well. The idea that DC might be like, okay, how many members of Justice League are there? Those are the books. Justice League and the seven characters. Yeah, or, or like, you know, how many, like, or we do like Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman, couple team books, and then everybody gets a black label book. You get a black label book. You get a black yeah. label book. You get a black right. label book. Yeah. And, uh, or we do seasonally. Like this, for, for this three months, there'll be a flash book. And then after that, it'll be Green Lantern. The, and after the, the only reason I'm thinking in the black label book is because it's like what have we seen mostly in black label but character studies yes yeah i don't know i could see that right i mean look at question question just got a black label book that is a, a, more or less like a spiritual successor successor to its original series mm -hmm. but also is a bit of a character study it's called the death of vic sage for god's sake um <laughs> michael fairback uh thank you for your informed and balanced chat as always thank, well, thank you. you very much for supporting we us just want to just want to put as much information as we have and yes. then just start talking about like theories and ideas, mm -hmm. hopefully getting. Yeah. But only own... using like concrete information. Right. But and also like hopefully getting your own, like, you know, juices flowing. Right, right, right. And, like, you can... and whether you like or dislike or don't know what's going on and, and, and make an informed choice or mm -hmm. thought the family show. I'm uh, the guy who commented about you quoting mole rats in the back issues. Oh, like a back of Volkswagen. Just letting you know, Comp pop is one of the reasons I open up a U I, I, the, one of the reasons I open up YouTube anymore. Guy Gardner for life. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. Your family show. Yeah. You haven't seen the last of guy. I'm sure he'll be back on this channel sometime soon. Oh. Um, I can't believe we did the, the guy, guy Gardner. I Reborn can't believe book. we did that. It did. Okay. It did. Uh, Ollie Roger. My money says that Marvel's waiting to see where DC takes the market oh before gosh. unveiling their razor fist initiative. Talk about cutting out diamond. Ha ha. Uh, join our discord. If you want to know what, what Ollie's talking about. Uh, Razor Fist is a little-known Marvel villain that was like that he likes to use and reference in our Discord. Um, but yeah, he sounds like a Wolverine wannabe. Yeah, he more he doesn't look like Wolverine, but he's lame. Um, I'm just imagining just he's got like sharp. But they like, got to be tiny. Yeah, they're not tiny. And he's just like no, he looks like Shredder kind of. Anyway, uh, but yeah, Marvel is definitely waiting and seeing. They always do that. They do. They do. What is it? Toads. Uh, look before they leap and frogs leap before they look. Oh, I didn't know that expression. That's funny. I think that's how it goes. Yeah. So like DC is the frog and mm -hmm. in this equation yeah, and Marvel is the toad. toad. Uh, definitely. <laughs> um, so the other problem that we just wanted to articulate was uh, with the Midtown thing is like if a shop doesn't carry DC, let's say a shop is angry and resentful and says, ah, no more DC. Well, maybe the, the, the customer of that shop will just go to Midtown Comics and buy their DC comics directly from them. It's like, it is a really... That's going to really depend on how quickly they can ship that out to an individual. Though. Right, right, right. Well, they're already doing it. Like, they already do that That's now. That's true. So they're already familiar with that experience. But, yeah. Um, but there's other there's other factors that we didn't get a chance to talk about. But the, 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 the big takeaway is that, like, DC is making big strides 
to change their place in the industry, much less the industry itself. Yeah. And this, I think, theoretically, is a step in that direction. I don't agree or disagree with it right now. I think that it was uh, a play that they felt was something they needed to do. Where they were like, we need to make this change because if we don't do it now, we won't have a better opportunity. Right. Um, I wanted to bring up this other, this other point about like sales and the marketplace because one of the industry insiders mentions how like nobody's looking at the marketplace and how it's in trouble and only looking at how DC is in trouble. Because I mentioned this uh, while I was talking to them about how like the headline that everyone has right now based on DC's reactions and losses and stuff like that is that DC's in trouble. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I've talked to DC insiders who were like, oh, nobody knows what's going on. And it's like, I guarantee you the people upstairs know what's going on because of the, because all the stars are finally starting to align from this big move. Once you get a big piece of the puzzle, you're like, oh, the whole, I see what this is all about now. But Diamond's number, numbers rebounded pretty quickly. Amazon shop orders are up. Graphic novel sales have been going up steadily in comic shops across the United States. YA novels are up in retail outlets, in comic shops. Single issues simply are the only casualty. The, yeah. the monthly books aren't selling as well as they should be, or as well as they used to. Right. And the customer base, more online than ever before, DC's been taking steps to address the issue for the past year and a half with the digital... Uh, uh, imprints mm -hmm. and with the graphic novels they're producing. Uh, if you look at the top 20 to 50 to hundred spots that are selling using like Comicron as a, as, as an indicator, uh, the biggest sellers are original graphic novels and novels, YA novels specifically. Yeah. That like, there just are too many books being produced right now on a monthly basis right. from too many publishers. Right. And there isn't an expanse in the readership to support it. The fact no. is, there's just there's too much choice. Yeah, we've talked about how like the comic books are in jeopardy from too many options from like right. Netflix, HBO Max, Disney Plus, all this shit, video games. Well, try just comics. Right. No, it, it's true. It's funny that they keep mentioning the YA novels because, well, because DC is but like that moved into that that they've moved into that, but that is a market that like that is a a hundred percent like that's consumable. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like kids, adults, right. Who read YA novels um, do so quickly, yeah. typically. Oh, they absorb them, yeah, and then they move on. And to they the next want one. more. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I read a novel a week. Yeah. They were trash. They were about like 110 pages. It doesn't but matter. But I, I just you just you just absorbed it and then moved on. I had wanted... a, I donated a stack of books. Yeah, and with and the, I'm the YA sure the way it is novel, now. like at this point, I think a lot of times there you YA readers expect a series at this point. And so, like, yeah. DC can just set themselves up to be like, yep. okay, like, we know that, like, this is a new readership mm -hmm. here. Like, these are people we didn't have before. Yeah, these are new readers, it's a new audience, and we can parlay that. We can chain it, so to speak, by being like, here's your YA novels, and here's the show. Mm -hmm. And you can consume that, too, mm -hmm. and everything associated with it. Or um, here's the webcomic. Or here's the webcomic, or here's everything. Here's the Funko Pop. Here's the, here's the statue. Yeah, here's, here's the, everything. Here's the shirt. Um, if you want to see change, if you want to support the old world or the, or, or the way the status quo, or at the very least your local comic book store and you want to help them, the best way to do it is to educate yourself mm -hmm. because there are too many people who don't understand how the market works and let things fall apart just from a, just from a lack of information. Mm -hmm. You need to know 
how, like, what a pre-order is, what a sub box is, what a pull list is. You know how to, you need to know how to sustain a title. You need to send letters. You need to send tweets and, 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 and rally behind creators. And you need to, and, and you need to do the work mm -hmm. because more than ever before has the veil been dropped between the product and you. And you guide the direction of that product whether it's a consumable story, a consumable TV show, video game, comic book, whatever. Like, you guide it. And look at McFarlane's Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. yeah, and how much he got I from know. just a re, like a, a recasting of his toy. Well, not, not a recast. No, it was a, a complete a re redo. Yeah, but like a redo of his original toy and like nostalgia plus new audience plus like just, just the people who were just, right. just, just heard about but it. But that's an interesting, like... That is important to consider as well because, like, that's an instance where it's like he can do that, but yeah. like, if he just kept putting out new spawn figures, they wouldn't do as no. well each time. And like, so you have comic book companies who are basically trying to do the same thing each month, yeah, and like trying to find ways in which to innovative and like not just relying on the story anymore. Exactly. Now, story is key. At the end of the day, well, like was. that's why Marvel all like that's why Marvel you know rose to the top. Yeah. It was key. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know now. Yeah. I, I, I still believe story is oh, always I, I do it too in my heart, but like, I don't know if that translates to sales. It doesn't. Well, it doesn't, and it should. And the, and the way it can is by educating yourself about what's out there and how to keep it alive. Because, uh, because you know, there, I know that, like, uh, what was it? There, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but there was an, an indie creator who was like, my book's being stolen. And there's like, and, and I can see it's been like viewed or read like a hundred thousand times and it sold like 8,000 copies. Oh, you know, like that is potential revenue. And it's like, the fact is it doesn't directly translate like pirate numbers versus sales numbers. Don't all don't directly correlate. But the, right. the ratio of a hundred thousand to, to 8,000 yeah, is but drastic. Even if they got 10% of that hundred thousand now that that's double. Yeah. What, but those are inflated numbers in, yeah, in and of themselves. Double. I mean, people, you know, like when you make a deal with a YouTuber who has like three, 4 million subs and you're like, Hey, if we get 10%, it's like, you're really going to be more like 0.5% right, right. of that readership or yeah. viewership is going to buy your product. But like, you know, uh, educate yourself and, and understand how your industry works because if you, if you claim to love it, you got to know the ins and outs of it, mm -hmm. especially, and, and there's less excuse for not knowing now because of all the information that's out there and, mm -hmm. the, and, and the direct line of communication you have with maybe not the publishers, but the creators mm -hmm. who are more than happy to tell you. There was a Twitter initiative yesterday, the day before, where all the creators out there are sharing their rates. I saw that. I'm like, oh, that's fantastic because I am a self-published person and I would like to know how much these people are. Well, like, yeah, but it's, a, it's also good to know because I'm sure a lot of them are, gonna, are, are scared yes. as to what this could mean because it's like if retailers stop buying as many or selling, buying and selling DC books, yep. then they're going to be laid off as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, no. And that's not me saying like, oh, you have to give them a job. That's me saying like, this is why this is all potentially problematic. That's the thing is that like no one is winning. No, and, and it is also coming off of this time period where like not everyone was working. Right. Like everyone, everyone was hurt and not everyone was working and nobody wins right now. And, and even DC may not win. That's the thing is just... that they, 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 well, they, they bit the hand that fed them, so to speak. Right. You know, in the name of trying to make things in the better name of, for of themselves. doing something new. Well, just, well. just, just, following through with what probably is their new direction. Yeah. And, you know, 
but it, it and, and is it easy for DC to go back hat in hand and be like, sorry, monthlies, can we please like, you know, yeah, they could do that. But I don't see it happening. I don't think that because I don't think the marketplace can support the way it's been for the last 30 years yeah. in the next 30 or well, in the next five. All I know is this really, really just kind of puts an end to the uh, crossover idea, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. The crossover <laughs> thing is over. If you thought unless, the Marvel and DC were secretly... Unless they have to go back hat in hand and then... That's when we'll get the crossover. <laughs> because, yeah, no, there is no way. If they can't even have a distributor that's the same, n- 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 there's no way. That they'll work together. I don't want now. my DC books being handled by any of those dirty, dirty Marvel hands. Yeah, I. There's no way that those crossovers are happening any like ever. Uh, Grayson Red says, "Love you guys. I'm glad things are getting shaken up. A diamond has been a crap for too long, often at the expense of us customers. Damage and short books. Mm. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, like they, a Definitely. monopoly allows for complacency. Yeah, no, I'm. I we're. I'm not on board for a monopoly. No. I'm just on board for. I guess better planning. It's it's always comes down to planning and communication. But it could be more that like no 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 we planned it for this and we knew it was going to be a big shit show. That's why we didn't tell anybody. Uh, Joshua Fox, love your content. I wanted to know what you think. Uh, DC will move. Oh, do you think DC will move its books off of Google Play and other digital distributors and only be at their app? Yes, I think that's the future. I think they will pull from Comicsology probably before the end of the summer. Wow. I genuinely think I, that's going to I think happen. that's I think that's accelerated. I think so too, but I think I think they're like now, now everything is on fire. Rip all the band-aids Rip off. Rip them all off, why not? The the industry we will not PR-wise survive a constant street a constant chain of band-aid ripping. Yes. Every like can you imagine every month there's more bad news. We got we we resurrected Robert Loja to deliver this bad news every month. Has anyone told you yeah, we were not distributing with Diamond anymore. Has anyone told you all our new digital books are going to be through the DC Universe app now? Has anybody told you monthlies are dead at DC? <laughs> like, it's just... It, 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 no. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that's where it's going. Um, and Kenneth Dowling says, thanks for the discussion on this important topic. Recently got some sweet car- classic trades I'll share with you. Be safe, merry, and happy uh, you too. Thank you, Kenneth. We appreciate it, man. Thank you. Um, and yeah, I'm glad to hear it. Classic trades, hopefully, were on the on the big increase of on sales the on the upswing, thanks yeah. to the drought of new books. Uh, and Comics Miss explained with a hilarious gif of what appears to be a hippopotamus uh, moving his hat backwards uh, and then giving us a, a, a jaunty thumbs up. Thank, Thank you, you for you. that. Thank you for that. I, I do like these hilarious. Uh, oh, <laughs> Tiffany's pulling it now. <laughs> there you have it uh nick bledzo says you guys rock just found out about harbor patrol recently absolutely hilarious hope you guys do more we do too uh when we do it's gonna be very different uh, well it's gonna be the same show yeah, but a different be, format it'll just be what everyone asked for exactly <laughs> it won't be what i thought you guys wanted it'll be more what you guys actually wanted yeah so uh yeah from from there we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us what do you think is the future for dc and for the comic book industry do you think marvel's gonna follow suit or do you think marvel's gonna stick to their guns of not doing anything for um, now <laughs> but uh but keep the conversation going make sure when you do have that conversation to be civil and honest and awesome to each other yes uh, and of course don't forget if you were ever looking for information be sure to cite those sources be sure to check those sources if you can always check the sources but yes. understand that sometimes like reporters aren't allowed to divulge well and they should use verbiage to say that like reportedly or mm-hmm. it happens to be or it's we it is known you know, like there, there is language that is in the journalistic parlance 
to cover one's ass yep. and report something clickable without also sacrificing all your integrity to do so. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying we are a bastion of integrity. We're certainly not even a news source. We're just <laughs> trying to like, square that circle and have a conversation about it and be yeah. honest with you about it. Um, but yeah, so uh, at the end of the day, I hope, it's been a lot of like, the future, you know, oh yeah. I want comic book stores to exist. I want comic book stores to be here in 20 years. And I hope they are. And I think they will evolve the way they have over the last 20 years. And every innovative, business-oriented comic book retailer that I know has made it happen and has altered their shop so that it caters to every audience mm -hmm. while also still appealing to me. When I go back there and I go into the long box, there's still long box for me to dig through. There's still Funko Pops, still action figures. There's still all kinds of stuff for people to, to, to rummage through and celebrate their fandom that yeah. way. Um, I'm hopeful that the publishers who produce these IPs we like so much care enough about them and us to allow to, to factor us into their long-term planning phases. I guess I just I just hope that they don't sacrifice the past for the betterment of the, their presumed yeah. future. Look at Harley Quinn. The show, the season two is a bastardized adaptation of Lo of No Man's Land. Sure. It's a twenty-year story. That's a twenty-year-old story, right? And I mean, like, here's the thing: I think sometimes you have to let go of things in the past in order to move forward. Yes. I think this is one of those times where it's like you can hang on to it in some way, shape, or form, yeah. and like still move forward, right? Like, I think there's a way to do both in this instance. Yeah, I think so. I think DC is in an is in an unenviable position. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, but, I like also good on them for taking a. Yeah. Shot at a diamond. Right. Like, I'm glad... I'm still on the fence about that. Yeah. I, that's <laughs> the thing, is that, like, I don't know. It's it's a weird situation that I... I no one's going to be able to walk away from this winning mm. or feeling like they're a winner. Mm -hmm. And that sucks. Yeah. Because the comic book industry is so niche and so dependent on all these different factors. You know, mm -hmm. I, I've been, I've said for years that like DC and Marvel have been looking at each other as competitors and they're not. Yeah. Well, now that they're IP farms from multinational conglomerates, they are. Yeah. And that's how they're going to treat each other. Right. Um, and, and, and that sucks because when you look at comics, they are intrinsically connected. I don't think diamond can survive without DC comics. And I think that that's why you'll see some kind of change for diamond. Maybe. And I don't think Mar and I don't think Marvel has any infrastructure in place or anybody at the planning uh, like levels to be able to support distributing monthly comics without Diamond. No, they'll just go to the other two public. Like, you think the they'll just call? That would be horrible. I <laughs> I think literally if like one if Diamond was like without DC we can't keep our doors open anymore. Yep. If if they're just like nope we're going down. Now what's funny about that? Are you saying that Marvel would buy Diamond? No, I'm saying Marvel would be like, okay, well, we'll just go to the two guys DC set up. Right. Yeah, you already have their it inventory like they, in your system. That seems to be okay for them. Yeah, except that is also a monopoly. I, I think like it doesn't that, really solve any like problems. I feel like Marvel doesn't care about the monopoly well, they or oh, no. not. If like, they did, like, they would have done books. something about it. I want to get my books in the stores. No, I don't think that, I think that Marvel would never buy mm -hmm. Diamond. No, no. That's when Amazon would come in. Yeah, no. Or Apple. I, I think that it's inevitable that one of those things will happen. Like I think I, that Amazon will I do I, that. I think Diamond hanging on to, if they are hanging on to the rights to the, the collectibles portion of it, could help to sustain them for a little longer. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. Until we see how this whole DC thing... Because, like, here's the thing. What if this whole DC plan totally flops? Like, Diamond might just have to wait it out. Yeah. But I, I don't mean, think doesn't, they... doesn't solve the Diamond Monopoly thing. I don't know if they can doesn't... even afford to wait it out. I don't know. I don't know. Well, it depend, it's really going to depend on where the retailer's loyalty lies. Well, we know what they're, where their loyalty lies. And the fact is, Diamond has been in bed with retailers forever. And there are some shops that I've heard, that I've talked to, who have a very, very good relationship with them. Sure. Yeah. And Diamond takes care of them. Right. I mean, like, it is a family-owned business, correct? Yes. Family-owned? It is indeed, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know why I put that in quotes. Yeah, no, it's family-owned. Yeah. <laughs> family-owned? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that means. I don't know what the implication is, but they I'm, are a family-owned uh, operation. But, yeah. but there is implication. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because of the implication. <laughs> but no, the Geppi family owns Diamond, and they've, yeah. been, and they've owned it since, they, since the inception. And Which means that, like, for them, there's a person there. Yeah, there is. There's, there's a person behind and it. And there's a person who's, who's knows, who knows the business and yeah. knows how it works, and they're... And, you have a line there. You have a direct line of communication. Hmm. You know, I'm not, I, I'm not one to say like F diamond. Yeah. You know, I, I was never a proponent of like diamond being a disaster or a monster. It's more like diamond wouldn't have been a monster if it had not, you know, any of them could be the monster because they were the only survivor of the, the distribution wars of 1994 right. or 96, right. I think 96. But like, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, Competition breeds innovation. Uh, adversity breeds innovation, and uh, I, I I don't wish ill of anybody. I don't want anybody to go out of business. No. I just I just want uh, my books <laughs> in shape, hopefully, and uh, you know because there's a, you know everyone's to blame and everyone uh, is is hurt by it. You know, like you want to talk about like the thousands of books that are available every month. It's like it's wonderful. Everyone can have their own comic book. Everyone can see their book, and it's like, yeah. And you're crippling the industry because you're flooding the market with your book. It's like, but also, isn't it? Shouldn't everyone be allowed to to have their own book? Right. And it's like, yeah. Like the, those are two valid points that I don't see any. You know, it's good and bad. You know, there there are winners and losers, and it's not fair, and it's not a pro. You know, and it's and it's not like they're doing anything wrong. You know, you have a right to to pursue your happiness. You have a right to pursue your business and it and it, and, it, and, it, and you know that's why it's business and not like not fair like fairness is not business yeah and uh so yeah no it's true that's how it feels you know so you know that's where we are it's it's interesting and uh you know i i i don't envy anyone in this situation no no um but from being on the outside i am Fascinated. Fascinated and interested to see where this goes. Yeah. Notice I said interested, not excited. No. Because I don't know. Because I don't know what this means for anyone. Yeah. I don't know. So we'll see what happens. Mm. Uh, but I think this is the beginning. I don't think this is like, DC did this, and what? What? who knows how it will turn out. No, no, no. This is step one. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's really more like step two. Because step one was DC Universe. Yeah. And step two is this. Step three? Profit? I know they're hoping for it. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. But thank you so much for hanging out with us and watching. And of course, if, you have, uh, if you're have, if you just joining us for the first time, thank you so much for watching. Don't forget to subscribe. You'll get updates every day about what's coming out from here mm -hmm. on Comic Pop. Uh, we have conversations like these or something like this uh, mm -hmm. every week. And of course, normally we do a conversation about the books that are coming out. And so hopefully tomorrow, like next week, next Monday, that is, we'll have a, we'll have a genuine conversation about books and the stories thereof. Yes. That's what, that's what they, excites me. I hope me. they come out. Uh, <laughs> but, I gotta tell you, like, I am so, like, not paying attention I'm to not what, aware of, of like, what's, what's happening out. anymore, because it's like, 
I am a digital reader. I'm yeah. a both reader. Yeah, I'm both. But I am mostly a digital reader. I'm I'm month to month and, a digital. And so right now, like Comicsology has been like, no, screw everybody. <laughs> Comicsology needs to also get a go lid. Find your new yeah. Book. Hunt for them like your ancestors did. <laughs> like, how about just putting them out on the friggin' main page? What's wrong with you? <laughs> but yeah, so like I'm like, okay, I gotta get back. Yeah, I gotta get back into how to Isn't navigate that. that freaking app how how does one comic yeah it's weird that the people who are running these industries have been in the industry for 20 years and seem to still have no goddamn idea how to run the damn thing also i'm really looking forward to that like getting new issues of things and being like what, what happened last hell week is happening what, what, what is this can you imagine if uh you know because 5g i think now yeah was the exact opposite of this plan 5G was a in tandem with retailers initiative to get people back in comic book stores and and relaunch monthlies in a big bad way. Yeah. With the deal went 5G, with 5G went that initiative. So, there you go. See, but, uh, look at that. New Justice League Dark Issues out. What? I'm going to have to go Damn it. I'm going to have to go out into the wilderness and hunt it down and look at all the other books that came out that were behind that. Yep. I don't know. Anyway, we want to thank you so much for hanging out with us, and we'll see you guys next week with an all-new episode. Don't forget to... Uh, hey, Kevin Kruger, have you guys seen Stargirl? I haven't watched it yet. No. No, I have not. But I will. Yeah. Probably. Not gonna lie. We've been watching a lot of Community. Yeah, it's true. I don't know why. I've just been enjoying the hell out of Community. Yeah. And so I should love you. It. Because I want hashtag a movie. <laughs> hashtag end a movie. Yeah. And a movie. But, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> thanks a lot, everybody. So long, and thank you very much for hanging out with us. Yeah, thanks for sitting through this extra long, yeah. double-sized... Yeah, giant-sized yeah. spectacular. There you go. <laughs>